is we got some company, Rev. We got our gay lesbian sisters and brothers with us this time. We got our Hispanic, Asian, Native American sisters and brothers with us this time. I think Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King said we may not have gotten here on the same ship, but we are in the same boat right now. In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. Alright, WineCellarMedia.com It's uh, William J. Jackson hopping in this one uh, We will get to the gosh darn uh, Joe Rogan clip It's uh, pretty good stuff It's not an N-word clip And it's not Joe Rogan You know how the Joe Rogan fans always tell you that he just has really good guests It's about the guests Joe Rogan's just a guy that likes to ask questions, and he has really good guests, though. That's the fun part. Let's get to that, but I'd like to get a little uh, a little update in, um, in racism news, racism history, and some work that was done by black activists using lynching souvenirs. Um, I, they say to expose American violence. I'd say it's kind of on front street american violence is normal it's called the star spangled banner it's about murdering people <laughs> whatever <God. laughs> some of the most troubling records we have of america's history of racist violence there's some of the most troubling records we have of america's history of racist violence 19th and early 20th century black and white photos of the lynchings of african americans for her new documentary, filmmaker Christine Turner examined hundreds of these pictures, focused particularly on the ones that people who attended these lynchings sent as postcards to family and friends. Her documentary short is called Lynching Postcards, Token of a Great Day. Christine Turner, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Adrian. Token of a Great Day, why that title? Token of a Great Day um, actually comes from a handwritten message um, on the back of one of these lynching postcards. And it speaks to the attitude and, and, and the view um, point of many of the participants at these um, public spectacle lynchings. You know, these postcards were mementos. They were souvenirs from these, this event. And so um, for some, they were a token of a great day. You open your film with a shot of one of these postcards. It's an image of a black man hung from a tree 
but you've zoomed in so that what we see of him are his dangling feet, and what we're really focused on are the white men standing beneath him, looking right at the camera, several of them smiling. Why did you focus in on them? What did you see in their gaze? Well, you know, I think that for me, the story is so much about the participants of the lynching, more so than of the people who had been victimized. And I wanted to train the audiences eyes on those participants. And what we see in them is a sense of pride. I think oftentimes we think that lynchings are these um, spontaneous events, right? That a group of men in the woods, um, you know, decide to suddenly lynch someone. But these were um, planned events and it wasn't just the KKK, for example. These were ordinary people from all different social classes, men, women, and children who attended the events. And children. Something that surprised me watching your film was, was to learn that at the places where an upcoming lynching had been announced, photographers would strike deals with town officials to get a prime spot at the front of the crowd. These photographs and these postcards became a whole industry. Exactly. And in the film, there's one particular lynching that we focus in on. It's the story of Jesse Washington, who was lynched um, in 1916 in, in Waco, Texas. And his lynching took place at City Hall. And the town photographer, his name was uh, Fred Gildersleeve, um, actually you know, worked with the local government to find a place to photograph the lynching that would take place. Um, and these photographs that Gildersleeve took were later turned into postcards that were sold in the community. Why did these pictures get turned into postcards? I mean, why were people clamoring for these souvenirs from these events? Really, it was a, a way, I think, to um, sort of relive that experience of, of attending the lynching, right? And that sense of power and control, as um, historian uh, Lee Rayford talks about in the film, and it was also a way to disseminate that experience and to share that experience with friends and family. And in one postcard uh, that is featured in the film, in the message on the back, the young man is writing to his parents and he says, this is the barbecue that we had last night. And I think in a way, these messages on the back are, are just as chilling as the images on the front. These postcards were clearly a, a celebration of white supremacy, right? But at some point, they did become a tool for people who decided to do something about lynching, to, to launch anti-lynching campaigns. How, how did these postcards become the tool that these activists used? What anti-lynching activists, such as the NAACP, did is they really turned these postcards on their head and they used them as evidence in their fight against lynching. So they laid them out there to really shame the country and the world. Um, and to make people aware of, of what was happening all over. So in making this film, it was really important to me to um, make a film that wasn't just going to be another story of victimization, but really this is a story of black resistance. And it, at its core, it's about how these postcards were ultimately um, turned on their head and, and were subverted by these black activists. It reminded me of the way that images and films have become such an important part of today's fights for racial justice. The global uprising over George Floyd's killing under Derek Chauvin's knee was sparked by a cell phone video. The white men who chased and killed Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia, they filmed it themselves. 
Both of those cases have been called modern-day lynchings caught on tape. Were those parallels on your mind at all as you made your film? Absolutely. I mean, I was thinking a lot about Ahmaud Arbery's murder and, and the way in which it was captured on video by the murderers and then how that video was later um, used um, against them. And I think for me, I, I was hoping that this film could help sort of lay out this lineage and this, this history um, and, and give us a better understanding of what might be occurring today. Christine Turner, her short film, Lynching Postcards, Token of a Great Day, is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Christine Turner, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having Indeedly do, neighborinos. And taking a little bit of a look at my decibel action on my end. Right, my niece has it on that end. That one yeah. is, right, significantly different as they come in on the two different computers. But you have a good idea of it, yeah. Okay. And we're letting it go high today. Uh, for that for that one, yeah, that's all right. And that's because um, <clears throat> when I play that opening intro, that one's big. It's loud. It's Nina Turner giving a speech, and then Bone Thugs comes in, and we all love that. Busy Bone is a light skin menace that we came for. All right. So, uh, trigger warning across the board for you two sitting next to me. Uh, mm-hmm. let me go ahead and bring us up on uh, Vidya, as it were. There we are. Okay, so (laughs) it's going to be fun how the left never forgets and it's bad, right? Like, uh, it's well, it's bad for people that aren't the left, right? Well, kind of, right? Kind of. It's kind of bad. And and so your man, um, Joe Rogan, likes to have his good friend Joey Diaz on the show. Again, trigger warning. I don't know if you want to hear this. It's a uh, sexual exploitation story, 44 seconds of Joey Diaz talking about how he exploits women in the uh, comedy business. It's ugly. It's ugly shit. But but then again, it's one of those things where like you kind of want to hear it because it's like I want confirmation because it's this kind of shit where they say, oh, it's it's locker room talk. Right. Well, y'all say it in public a lot. Yeah. It's kind of just public talk and public behavior. Like the club is a publicly accessible venue, and that's where Joe Rogan's good friend Joey Coco Diaz uh, does this business. Mm. All right, uh, let's just uh, throw that one up there. I'll uh, go ahead and get that on screen. McProperly fied. There we go, neighborinos. <laughs> Here we go. Again, this is Joey Diaz telling his story and Joe Rogan reacting. Now, keep in mind, you know, Joe Rogan, he's a good guy, serious guy, a man of Western culture. Mm-hmm. And men of Western culture, when they hear someone saying something like this about women, girls, uh, you know, teenage girls, you know, he, he's, I think he would respond to that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, like, men be like, hey, you know, when I had a daughter, I thought about all that. He has a daughter. So, like, keep in mind, Joe Rogan has a daughter. And I always see that. You've probably seen that. Men have a daughter, and then they're like, I never thought about all these things. Oh, my God. Women are people. Get out of here. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. Now, with much ado. I had girls sucking my dick and giving me coke from Chewy. 
You think I'm fucking kidding you? Fuck yeah, you gotta suck my dick to get up in the belly room. I'm making coffee. That's the that's the fucking gateway into coming to Hollywood. Everybody knows that. How many girls did you have to do that? Oh, 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. I had this little blonde open mic chick dog that used to come up to me. Uh, that's Joe Rogan laughing and clapping. After he said, uh, he said about he's Joe Rogan and keep my Joe. What was Joe Rogan's response when he started? Hold up. Cause he said, uh, you think I dick and give me coke from Chewy. You think I'm fucking kidding you? Fuck. Yeah. You gotta suck my dick to get up in the belly room. I'm making coke. All right. He's saying you have to fillet my genitals to get into, I think he says the belly room, which mm-hmm. is comedy room vernacular. Okay. Right. So for you to get on stage and do your job, you have to be sexually exploited by me first. And keep in mind, he's talking about oral sexual exploitation. And I want to really lay this out. Men use urinals. You know what urinals are? That's a vertical splash zone where men go to, as they say, take a piss. Where other men's piss is kind of there and it's splashing back. And then, as many of us have learned in the pandemic, a lot of men aren't really washing their hands. And they're handling their genitals, all this urine, all these germs, unwashed hands, walking around all day, sweat, film building up. And now you have to put your mouth on that, which is an open orifice that can get infected and your taste buds on that so that you can do stand-up comedy. And how does Joe Rogan respond? Coffee. That's the, that's the fucking gateway into coming to Hollywood. Everybody knows that. How many girls did you have to do that? How many? He heard that. He said, well, for how? what's the number, baby? Ooh. What's the number? Oh, 20. <laughs> 20? <laughs> <laughs> and then clap, Joe. Clap. This little blonde, open yes. mic chick dog that used to come up to the comedy. Yes, King. Oh, as it were. He keeps going, so he wants to tell an individual story. And remember, like, think about like um in Western culture and how much this patriarchy really loves blondness, mm-hmm. right? And Joey Coco Diaz, he is a Western man, but he he's what niggas like me call a white Cuban. White okay. Cubans are the ones that are very, they're pro-capitalist Republican assholes. Right. Right. And like, and then you see him like he's not a particularly, he hasn't done a crunch in recent years. Right. You know, like he, he probably isn't what one would consider an attractive man. So that's like an extra trophy to him. I got right. the little blonde one. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Let's, let's have him tell this story. What did you have to do that? Oh, 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. I had this little blonde open mic chick dog that used to come up to the comedy store with a 20 and just take me up to the belly room and suck my dick and go do her set. She was tremendous. Wow. She finally freaked out. When she got to Hollywood, bro, she was beautiful. And when she left, she had dirty fucking her nails were dirty. And then a year later, she wrote me a letter to the comedy store. You cocksucker, you broke me. <laughs> so she came to Hollywood and she was beautiful. And then after I sexually exploited her, what did it say? Hold up, what did he say? And beautiful. And when she left, she had dirt. When she got to Hollywood, bro, she was beautiful. I think then go do her set. She was tremendous. Wow. She finally freaked out when she got. She finally freaked out when she got there. She was beautiful. He's literally telling a story about sexually exploiting a young woman until he ruined her life. Right. And Joe Rogan cheers it on. This is the show that Joe Rogan fans love listening to. At the Hollywood Bell, she was beautiful. And when she left, she had dirty fucking her nails were dirty. And then a year later, she wrote me a letter to the comedy store. You cocksucker, you broke me. <laughs> you broke me. Ha 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 ha. 
<laughs> I kept shooting sperm balls in her fucking earball. Every time she went down, it ain't broken till some. That's why he said, so I don't, I don't know that Spanish vernacular he used. But there you go, a little a little Joe, because that's the name of the, his show, the Joe Rogan Experience. Mm-hmm. So he's just opening up, letting your folks experience a little bit of Joe Rogan there. That's who I'm. I'm not being reasonable enough, right? Like I, I'm the cancel culture. I'm just not being open-minded enough. Definitely not to he that. Showed his true colors, and to think that's funny that you like. There was a beautiful young blonde innocent pure how you guys like them and then you broke her and that's something to laugh at like yeah just all the way disgusting and joey diaz like joey diaz is a long time regular on the show they've actually known each other for years wow that's the kind of thing i look at where it's like we tend to forget that jay-z did a whole ass album with r kelly Mm-hmm. Yeah, best of both worlds. Had a tour planned. I when I I, I gets ruined when I'm trying to watch the Fade to Black concert, and I remember at the end, oh fuck, he brings R. Kelly on stage, right. so R. Kelly can fucking cry. Fuck you, right? And like, so he he knows him that whole time, right? But then we're also remembering that Jay Z rolled with Dame Dash real tough. They were business partners and friends. Dame Dash was in a relationship with Aaliyah after R. Kelly and after everyone in the industry knew about the exploitation she dealt with at that grown man. Right. And then we all know that Jay-Z was grooming Beyonce Knowles before she was 18. We know the timeline checks out, as it were. And when you look at it, that association, Uh Joe Rogan has known Joey Diaz since the 90s. So when you think it's like... it's safe to bet y'all have hung out together and done this shit. Def- and this is what you're saying on the podcast, so I can't imagine what you guys are saying off of it. Right? What uh. do they think is too bad to say right? on the air? If that's what they think is good enough to say on the air. Seriously. Yeah. Right? And they uh, they were on, what uh, what is it, the Spike TV together, and they were trying to come up with a show where... And this is a real story Rogan told on the show years ago when I subscribed uh-huh. that uh, that the idea was to open up the show with Joey Diaz hopping on the stage naked to start it and say, like, you motherfuckers ready for a show? And it's that's supposed to be the funniest thing in the world. This is why I was only subscribed to the podcast for just under three years. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I like he start and he because he wasn't always like a alt right Republican guy. He really was like a goofy show about uh-huh. with some potheads that would just talk silly shit mm. and other comedians would come on. And then he starts trying to go down his philosopher route, and you can't do that. You're funny. I guess you you have like the, the humor of a thirteen year old boy, but yeah, don't try to be philosophical. Or philo- did I say that word? Uh, philosophical. Philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, get off into some other news and what have you and whatnot and this, that, and the other. All right. Oh, we got some uh, some heat. Fiends Clear to share this with me. Um. So uh, Derek Chauvin, right? The um the cop that murdered George Floyd. Uh, Fiends Clear wanted me to uh, take a look at this one. It's um on care11.com i've ne- it's a uh, it looks to be an nbc affiliate uh going by the logo on the screen 
and it tells us that uh, Judge Chauvin trial, Judge the judge in the Chauvin trial signed a no-knock warrant for the raid where police shot Amir Locke. Now, there's so many racist stories that I can't even keep up with all of them. I do not know this one. Uh, Fees Cleeter sent me this article um, saying a source tells uh, CARE 11 Hennepin County that that the Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill approved a no-knock warrant that ended in the Minneapolis police shooting and killing of Amir Locke. So, this is what we talk about when we say it's a system of white supremacy in this judicial system, this white supremacist judge gave a white murderer what you call a slap on the wrist. And in this system, this same white supremacist judge <laughs> went ahead and signed a no-knock warrant to get another black man murdered. Uh-huh. It's a system. <laughs> um, so, Minneapolis, Minnesota... Uh, The pre-dawn no-knock raid early Wednesday, where the Minneapolis police shot and killed 22-year-old Amir Locke nine seconds after entering the downtown apartment, nine seconds, nine seconds after entering the downtown apartment, has led to widespread condemnation of the use of no-knock warrants. Folks, there has always been condemnation of no-knock warrants. It's just not widespread. It's poor black spread. Rich black people don't give a shit. White people don't give a shit. No one actually really cares except the people that may actually be hit by these no-knock warrants. Uh, the search. Uh, back to the article. The search warrants are underlying affidavits related to the uh, January St. Paul murder case, and they remain sealed. However... A source with knowledge of the investigation confirms to CARE 11 News that the Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill signed off on the no-knock warrant that the the Minneapolis Police Department used to enter the apartment. Judge Cahill became a prominent judicial figure nationally as he presided over the murder trial of Derek Chauvin, the uh, the former Minneapolis uh, police officer ultimately convicted of murdering Floyd. All right. And yeah, Fiends Kalita wanted me to hit that one up. I don't know because it was from her show notes. I don't know if she has additional commentary. Folks know that Fiends Kalita has issues with uh, disability and chronic pain and cannot be on this episode today. All right. So I will actually uh, keep that link open and keep that tab open so that when she does come back, if she does have additional commentary or follow up, we will get that from Phoenix Kalita. And let me take a look over at the face booze. I should not expect comments and there are no uh, live chat comments. But this uh, when you catch this archive, know that it was live on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube and that Twitch thing. Right, I'm a Twitch streamer or whatever the hell that is. <laughs> All right, and let me move that uh, that Brad Pitt business over. I'm not there yet. Huh. And then also, um, yeah, I'm gonna save some of these from Phoenix Kalita for when she comes back. But she also has commentary regarding um, a headline of Jill Biden confirms free community college won't be in the Build Back Better bill. So. <coughs> So, uh, and, and I noticed that it doesn't say Dr. Jill Biden and by ignoring her PhD, 
that she was kind of only given because she had class privilege. She was actually a very bad writer and a bad student. Uh, By not putting doctor in front of Jill Biden, you're practicing misogyny against all white women that got something they didn't actually earn. Unfair. Bad move, democracy now. I'm I'm wagging my finger toward you. (laughs) All right. Really? Hmm? Oh, no. Yeah, that, that, huh, what up? Is that bad that they didn't? Oh, hell no. No. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sarcasm. Yeah, that, that was it. my full sarcasm there, buddy chief. Yeah, because the um the liberals, uh, that that was that's one of those bullshit things they go on, which I don't think that they're acting in good faith when they do it. Like when they okay. do that, I say treat them snarky, fuck with them, laugh at them. Cause all they're trying to do is just fill the air with some noise. Right, so like, oh, you don't put doctor in front of Joe Biden. Who gives a shit? And also, she's not a medical doctor, and so in general practice, you don't just put the doctor in front of it in all areas unless they're in the practice of that profession. Like, you got a doctorate in sociology. Okay, you got a doctorate in uh, what uh, the. Climate, I think climatology is an area of study. All right, you got one in that, but like you've seen on movies and shows, you're on an airplane, someone's choking on a pickle, mm-hmm. and someone's like, Is there a doctor in the house? Do you want someone who has a doctorate in computer science to hop and be like, I'm a doctor? <laughs> no, nigga, we want that for medical doctors. Right. Get the fuck out of here. You have a doctorate in engineering, we don't need you when a finger is broken. <laughs> And yeah, the, the the fucking the liberal Democrats, they they went um hog wild as it were with that one. Okay, right? And I'm just gonna be here just to announce Phoenix Kalita's show notes to you. That's just gonna be the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what the holy heck darn else was going on there. Looking for shit for my show notes. Oh, still Phoenix Kalita's show notes. Uh, but she's also pointing out them. there is a story um where a woman named Catherine Austrian, who I'm guessing... Yeah, these are Phoenix Kalita's show notes. Let me just move on past him. I don't know why she picked what she picked. <laughs> so let's uh, get right here. This one is an interesting story to me. I'm not into the Olympics. I'm not into skiing. I'm generally not even into sports. I am going to watch the Dre and Snoop uh, football concert, but I don't actually really care about the football part. Another day... Another event, another controversy in Beijing. Monday's mixed team ski jump event, making its Olympic debut this year, saw a total of five jumpers disqualified for violations regarding their suits. Athletes from Austria, Japan, Norway, and Germany, all of whom are women, were judged to have worn loose-fitting attire that apparently gives jumpers an advantage as they soar through the air. German jumper Katharina Althaus was visibly upset following her dismissal from the event and wasn't shy in voicing her displeasure. The International Ski Federation destroyed everything with this operation. I think they have destroyed women's ski jumping, Althaus said, per German sports agency said. I have been checked so many times in 11 years of ski jumping, and I have never been disqualified once. I know my suit was compliant. Her coach, Stefan Horngaker, also shared in his athlete's disappointment with the controversial outcome. It is just strange that they have been using the same suits yesterday and there was no problem, Horngaker said. 
It is annoying that this happens at the Winter Olympic Games. This should all be cleared before. Norwegian ski jumping chief of sports class Breed Bratton called the situation a dark. Yeah, um, now, obviously, again, I know fuck all about skiing. I don't know the physics of that. I don't know shit about gliding, flying, jumping, slippering down the slopes. <laughs> Frankly, I don't think it's a good idea to be doing that. I don't think the human body should be on flat sticks and going 60 miles an hour <laughs> down a fucking hill. It just doesn't seem like a good idea. I don't think we've evolved or adapted to our surroundings to be doing shit like that. <laughs> you know, but this is what they're doing. This is their careers, if you will, their passion and with my limited knowledge and from the images I'm seeing on the screen, the women had on baggier clothing is what they're saying, which I'm guessing is going to flap in the wind and give them like a jumping advantage. It's going to hold them in the wind longer because the weight of their adult athlete human bodies is, um, huh. I'm having weird text messages coming in. I replaced my smartphone. Uh, yeah but like so their adult athlete bodies are like they're gonna be held up in the air longer because their clothing is slightly off of their body by what maybe a an eighth of an inch right it it, yeah like it it doesn't really seem to fly with me with my limited knowledge of physics and sports and it makes me wonder i know this is on brand and generic and expected of me but are the men in charge, because they're always men, just mad because the clothes weren't tight enough on the women's bodies? Definitely. Just like with football, because, okay, how, if we're going to talk about it being even, like men in football get all the gear to make oh, sure man. they're actually safe. And then women have to go in like like the crop top. It was literally and- called the LFL, the Lingerie Football League. Like, what? And then when more people found out it existed and said, what the fuck is this? They changed it to Legends Football League and kept the same uniforms. I did air quotes for the people listening right. to the audio. If anyone has an advantage in any sport, it's men. With From the gear to their like physical strength and everything, it's men. So yeah, it's a disingenuous argument. Yeah. Oh shit! You heard her say that, right? It's a disingenuous. I just like hearing you say sentences. That shit trips me out. <laughs> like, oh fuck, she's fucking tough. She said the whole thing, <laughs> right? And that when you see someone growing up, it's like that. You just trip. You just like, yo, what the fuck? It's a little person. Look at this shit. <laughs> All right. Um, and that really is that. That and I know for me that is very expected to be my commentary, but it just. It so often is that. Seriously. All right, let's see what the holy heck darn elseward. All right, we got the um the lynching audio in. All right, more Joe Roganing. This is fun. So people value their careers. Every time I always say they're not ethical, they're profit driven. All right. Okay. So remember um, uh, when uh, Dwayne Johnson, th- we I wanted to get to this story before it even got this far. Really? So now I'm literally covering update to a story that I didn't do the original coverage of. And we're going to have to do the Joe Rogan audio again for Phoenix Kalita to respond to it. 
I, think I don't I think I heard most of it. Oh, you heard it? Some, most, some of it, yeah. About, okay. Something about coercing people into blowjobs to get on stage. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you have commentary, but also uh, you saw the the Dwayne Johnson feller. Yes. Mr. Rockman. Mr. Rockman. Who, um, when it was COVID misinformation, he was like, all right, Joe Rogan, I'm with your brother. Mm-hmm. We got to stand up. Come on, brother McBrotherson. Mm-hmm. And you know how big men talk. Right. Brothers. <laughs> and um, and then uh, apparently a nigga named Don Winslow tweeted at Dwayne Johnson and said, Dear at the Rock, which is, this, right. this is where we are. This is where we are. Dear at the Rock, you're a hero to many people and using your platform to defend uh, Joe Rogan, a guy that used and laughed about uh, using the N-word dozens of times is a terrible use of your power. Yeah. Have you actually listened to this man's many racist statements about black people? And Dwayne Johnson responds, Dear Don Winslow, brother. He didn't say brother. Thank you so much for this. I, I'm not doing, I'm doing a Hulk Hogan. I'm, yeah, I, I yeah, can't. you're not. Rock is just, he's just like a tall man. He is. He's just a big, and I don't sound like that. I'm a small <laughs> man. I can't do a big man's voice. Right? I can't fucking talk like that. I can't do it. It's not realistic. Um, so he says, dear Don Winslow, thank you so much for this. I, um, I hear you as well as everyone here 100%. I was not aware of his inward use uh, prior to my comments, but now I've become educated uh, to his complete narrative. Uh, learning moment for me. Mahalo, brother, and have a great Ugh. and productive weekend, Mahalo. DJ. Now, nigga- that wasn't him. That was his media team. That yeah. is too fucking polished. But also, the students <laughs> was still stupid. The sentence was still stupid. What is this? I've become educated to his complete narrative. Yeah. That's a stupid sentence. <laughs> that mean, is like, you know, these, these, these barbecue gummy bears, they really do help you with, with anal activity. Like, that, the, the sentence <laughs> doesn't roll. No, I get what he's saying, though, or what he's trying to convey specifically. Yeah, his full narrative. Right. But, yeah, but it's also that plausible deniability on the rock's end now. Like, oh, I didn't have the full narrative when I made those comments. So now I'm allowed to backtrack it because I didn't know. Yeah, like, it's, no, like, you're just another big rich guy and you saw your fellow big rich guy, people being mean to him on the internet. Mm Mm-hmm. And you wanted to hop in and fucking save him fast and yeah. furiously. Yeah, I have no idea what The Rock's political leanings are, but I've always assumed he's like a Republican. I thought he, I thought it was known that he's a Republican. Isn't I, he a known Republican? I think that's always been assumed. I don't think he's ever come out and said anything political. I don't think he needs to say it. I mean, you know. The roles he plays. Dave <laughs> Batista be playing some roles too, man. Uh, who is that? Also a wrestler. Also okay, an I don't know action person, but he's a Bernie bro. Huh. Yeah. Wait, but like what kind? Because like he play, in the Fast and Furious, he played a cop that gleefully went corrupt. Yes. After getting his ass beat. Yes. Yeah, because uh, what, what was that? That <laughs> nigga, um, the nigga that we don't know if he's black, Jewish, Italian or what. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, Vin uh, Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah. After oh. Vin Diesel almost killed his fucking ass. Yeah. Gleefully went corrupt cop. And then, um. What other films does he do? The Gridiron Gang? Yeah. Right? Like that? Like, he does play a lot of law enforcement roles in his movies. Yeah. And like, yeah. 
like he's so Republican. Let's I was reminded of my niece and I think you that for Gridiron Gang he played a white man. Yeah. The well, real man from that story. That uh Walking Tall movie. Well, I've never seen that film. Yeah, where it was basically like it was a based on a real story of a guy who I don't I guess like went away to war or whatever and came back and basically found that his town was now like run by like meth dealers. And so like he ran for like local sheriff to try and clean it up and like that, you know, that sort of trope story and that's who the rock played in that movie too yeah to take matters into my own hands basically yeah like a real man feather (laughs) right yeah so obviously media driven yes and um and this was the funny part because like you can tell it's they're so obviously being disingenuous and trolling you let me run that back to where um Wait, who's trolling? Caitlyn Jenner. Oh. Did you no. see her comments at uh at no. the Dwayne Johnson? No. Yeah, because keep in mind, in the headline of this from Newsweek is Caitlyn Jenner hits out at Dwayne Johnson over past transphobic remarks. Caitlyn Jenner can shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so Caitlyn like, Jenner hopped on, and you know why they're doing it, right? Because they're basically saying, "Oh, well, if you're gonna be involved in canceling that, then we're gonna cancel you." Then, also, wasn't Caitlyn Jenner trying to work with the Trump administration, swearing up and down that he was gonna be like good for she? Or, no, he saying Trump was gonna be good, oh, saying my he bad. was gonna be good for like trans people and like the LGBTQ community. I seem to remember that. Thing. Yeah. I, okay. I that. Okay. I'm just I'm just making sure we're talking about the same like piece of shit person here. <laughs> yeah, so I think at that point in time you were probably about like 14, 15. You may have you may have been paying attention to some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess Caitlyn Jenner was a big fucking American deal cuz well, like cuz yeah. was already like the the big Olympics nigga and all mm-hmm. that shit. The nigga's well known. Uh, kicking it with OJ and them niggas and all that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and um, Caitlyn Jenner hops on the old Twitterino there on February 5th, 2022, 11.16 in the p.m., just up at night laying it down, and uh, and said, hmm, the double standard is real at The Rock. I love you, but come on, dude, dot, dot, dot. Let's be real. Cancel culture has got to go. Use your platform, and thanks for highlighting. Cancel culture has got who Donald got canceled? Trump, thanks for highlighting. Yeah, because it was. Um, let's run back to the article. Uh, Jenner, uh, Jenner replied to uh, Trump's tweet, and by that they mean Trump Jr. Right, right. The um, little, the little. I, I don't use this word a lot, but like when white people have this perfect shape of nose, I call them dick face. I don't use the D word that often, but for that face, like, you know, what I'm t- like you instantly see it's just like, you got a fucking dick face. Shut up. Right. And, um, and uh, so fucking da, 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 reply. And that's what Trump Jr. has replied to his uh, tweet. It was a screenshot that he had where uh, where the rock uh, Dwayne Johnson said, skip a dip do uh, do Under Armour Ford Apple. The screenshot says, damn, where the fuck is that damn tweet right live broadcasting <laughs> right? is this a tweet from caitlin jenner that you're looking for it's the one from uh donald trump jr okay trying to open a new tab there it is it should open a new tab there we go i fucking hate this shit because what it does is like twitter it doesn't open at the top of the page it mm-hmm. opens at the middle so you think you didn't actually go to the link you were looking for 
So there, he put a screenshot of uh, Dwayne Johnson and his transphobic tweet from 2011, which really doesn't make it like you don't need to be transphobic. That's a weird thing to be. Just don't be that. Uh, And he said, uh, shh, don't be angry, Miss Katie. It's not our fault you're turning T-word tricks to put yourself through nursing school. Damn. Still sound like a not maybe Republican? It's, well, I mean, there's Democrats who would say that. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, Joe know. Biden's literally a rapist, right? Or, or did we forget Tara Reid that fast? Uh, yeah. We never knew Tara Reid, actually. But yes, I did. Uh, I did find it and got it on screen. Yeah, but also I'm confused because I'm seeing the tweet where Donald Trump Jr. is talking about um, your uh, transphobic attacks, but then I also see the original tweet about him and Joe Rogan being friends. The Rock and Joe Rogan being friends. You saw that one too. He said, "This is a tweet from Donald Trump Jr. saying cancel culture really jumping the shark when longtime friends start throwing each other under the bus to please a half dozen woke douchebags going full fake outrage on Twitter, like at the Rock did to Joe Rogan. What the fuck is he talking about? So are they all friends? But also, who got canceled? Who? Who lost their money and got canceled? Who lost their job? Who was canceled? Yeah, canceled. It's it's still." undefined there is no hard definition that everyone agrees on because the people that say cancel culture they just like saying it yeah because one thing like here all the people that really believe cancel culture is real and you have a definition go to the other people that have a definition and get together and agree on one so that every time we say what is canceled you all give us the same answer so that there is no confusion. I'd hate to sound like my conservative counterpart, Gus T. Renegade, but you're creating confusion, and I think it's deliberate, which yeah. is why I just don't believe you. That's yeah. how I'm not confused. I just write you off as a white supremacist <laughs> liar. Easy. See? That's easy. Gets rid of a lot of frustration. Oh, they're <laughs> racist. Done. Move That's on. It. Mm-hmm. Right? And people act like, you can't think everyone's racist. Yes, I can. And and then when they say, how are you going to live your life? How am I going to live my life? I kicked it in Seattle. I did rap shows. I rapped my way into my first apartment. I lived in Florida for 12 years and had butterflies going across my face while I rode my bicycle. I married the first person that was ever a domestic person that I lived with, and we own a house together. That's how I lived my life while assuming you were all racist. It worked out quite fine. Imagine how it would have worked out if I didn't assume you're all racist. I would have been murdered in front of my niece before the podcast existed. Yeah. Fuck out of here. So yes, if you are black, assume they're all racist and buy a house. Yeah. (laughs) Nigga. All right. Uh, further commentary. Not on that story, no. Uh, can I run it back? Because I was um, tapping into stories that were from your show notes. Oh, yeah. But I didn't have commentary for them, and I didn't want to just run past them without your commentary. Oh, okay. Which ones? Jill Biden confirms free community college won't be in the Build Back Better bill. Yeah. That um, it. Well, I think you, I think I heard you uh, ups- when I was upstairs. I think I heard you mention that they didn't say Dr. Biden. That's funny to me. That yeah. That amuses me. Like, there's a little level of shade to it. I like it. <laughs> Because she was very insistent that you will call me Dr. Biden. I'm not going to call her fucking Dr. Biden. Wait, it was her. I thought it was more so the uh, the, the people that self-appoint to be their, their spokesfolks on Twitter. She was co-signing them quite hard. Say word. Yeah. Ah. 
so that's funny to me uh, in and of itself. Um, but also, like, what did we keep hearing during this last fucking election? We have to vote for Biden because this is the only way to get harm reduction. He's the only one who can get anything done. He's the only one who can pass progressive legislation. He's the only one who can work with both sides of the aisle. This is the only chance we have to save America, right? That's right. what I kept hearing this whole ass fucking election cycle and every fucking campaign promise. <laughs> right? He did not eliminate student loan debt. There is no free college. There is no, well, he wasn't going to do Medicare for all, but uh, there is no Medicare for all. We have not raised the minimum wage. Like, what the fuck? So this is just yet another example to me of, you know, as per usual, Democrats not doing what they claim during election cycles. But also, this really is getting to a point where, like, y'all got to talk to voters. Like, you vote blue no matter who, fuckers. Y'all got to talk to other people. Like, convince me why I should vote in the midterms. Why? So y'all can continue to not pass it. Y'all had a majority. Didn't didn't increase the minimum wage, right? Remember the let them eat cake with Kristen Cinema, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Joe Manchin fucking single handedly said, "Fuck them niggers. I don't want them voting." Like ruin that shit, right? <laughs> fucking like this was one of those things. Where is it now? Tell me why I should vote. You can't give me anything that you promised me. Why should I vote? That that's yeah. And you've had super. And and, and I think the worst part is. You've had the super majority before. Yeah. We've already seen what you do if we all come out in mass and literally give you the Congress, the Senate, and the presidency. Mm-hmm. We saw what you did with it. You sat on your fucking hands and waited for the Tea Party to come in. And then you spent the next six years saying, but they're blocking us. You could have ran roughshod yeah, well, that fucking, first year. Remember Obama's first 100 days, he was going to put Roe v. Wade into federal law to protect it. Remember? Punk nigga didn't. And now where are we? What, what's happening in Texas right now with abortion laws? Remind me again. They banned abortion? Is, is that? Is yes. That, is that what happened? Yes. Oh, okay. <sighs> yeah. And I'm telling you, like, let, let me get proud. Like, soon as somebody says, no, we can't do the yes the fuck we can. I will literally say everything Obama said and actually do it. Because he knew he's a slick talker, right? Like, I love the one where he's like, I got a pen. Ready to sign. Mm-hmm. I got a pen and I'm literally signing shit. Matter of fact, I got 20 <laughs> pens. Nigga, one for each motherfucking executive order. I'm going to pass every minute of this day. So many executive orders. One of them's just literally going to be, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself, executive order. As soon as you ask me a question, I'm going to hold it up. Go fuck yourself. Right, like tap sign. Like, oh, but but what if Protestants get offended by your bill? Go fuck yourself. Eh, fuck the Protestants anyway. Yeah, matter of fact, I'm doing all my own. I don't need a press secretary. I'll go out there and talk that shit. shit. What you want to ask me? Well, do you think that voters in Kentucky go fuck the voters in Kentucky? Fuck them. They vote for McConnell repeatedly. Clearly, they can't be taken serious. Fuck them. Next question. Put me up there. I don't need a Sean Spicer. I don't need a who, who was a, who was any of the other niggas that were press secretaries. Oh God, the who was that blonde lady, the Bowling Green lady? Oh shit, Kellyanne Conway. Ke- yeah, I don't need to hire any of them fools. I'll man, I'll answer all your questions. We can do this for three hours. Don't worry, everyone will get a chance. Oh man, <laughs> I actually would like to see that. Honestly. <laughs> Wait, Uncle Billy, so when Republicans are in office, are they, uh, do they do more? 
executive orders? They do whatever they want to do in mass. When Republicans are in office, they just fucking go for it. Yep. Right? The mm-hmm. Bush administration, right? They like Obama, you could say he ramped up the drone war, but that's really the Pentagon. Yeah. And I'd say even the same with Bush, but like social issues, they fucking go hard. Yeah. Right? Like di- didn't Calif- mm-hmm. like didn't California lose um marriage equality? No. No, they kept it. No, yeah. I'm thinking about Prop 8. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they fucking, yeah, they, they just do their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the Democrats just go on MSNBC and say, I wish they didn't um, exercise their power. Speaking of MSNBC and that fuck shit. Yeah. Um, is there anything happening in the world today that you think is important? Perhaps climate change? Perhaps wealth inequality? Perhaps homelessness? Anything important? Oh, thank uh, you. I think they're important. Do you think that we need a full fucking panel of five people on MSNBC with Al Sharpton to cover a story about someone who stole steaks from Trader Joe's? Because that's what the fuck they did this morning. Man. A five fucking person panel I'm with about Al to get Sharpton. Me I can. It's on Twitter. I can. Fucking yeah, tag go ahead you and get me it. that copyright violation, homie, because I'm playing it. Fuck that. <laughs> like. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I'm ready. The wine cellar one. Yes, ma'am. All right, folks. I want to see this. I don't. If it's an eight-minute segment, I don't care. It's eleven thirty-nine. I'll play it. I'll that play. Was only it. like two minutes. You didn't need five people for two minutes. Someone was stealing food, William. Food. Ooh. Stealing food. Stealing. Walking oh gosh, it was horrible. That ruined that whole experience. Yeah, we should contact. We, we have we told you that story at all yet? No. Let's hop in before that because it pissed me off. So like, my the first context for it is the way she says the word stealing. I didn't hear that until after my biological mother died, and I ended up around the people that I was ultimately was stuck with for until I was seventeen and ran away. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how they talk. Mm-hmm. Like when they think they have a great point, they like lean their neck out and put extra yeah, fake bass that. in their voice. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. And we fucking, we show up at the family dollar because, well, we're a household with a family and we got a dollar. We got to buy some shit. Uh-huh. Right? Let's get some toilet paper. We didn't even know a pandemic was coming. We were hoarding toilet paper before the <laughs> pandemic. Okay, so we're not part of the shelf uh, snatchers. That's not, yeah, that's not us. Yeah, we, we already had like 800 rolls in the basement. Dead serious, like 800. We had the big nigga packs. Yeah, we get those 96 packs once a week. Yeah, we have those problematic oh, wow. Lexington steel packs. All right, problematic. This is a PG-13 show. I'm kidding, it's totally not. No, it's not. We just it's play totally Joey not. Diaz and Joe Rogan. It's super not. It's not. Yeah. And um and so we're in that family dollar, but we see a um a black girl is getting arrested. They called the cops yeah. on An her. Emphasis on girl, like yeah. she, fourteen maybe. In yeah, a family dollar. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And come to Marty find out, Lloyd. and this is what makes it extra ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, before the extra ugly, like uh, we get our shit, and like, and we had had positive interactions with the cashier. We were like, oh yeah, cause like cousins, you know, cousins yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, we've been you know, there. Like, yeah, like this is a this is a any hood, any coast nigga. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm on 23rd Street right now. I'm yeah. chilling talking to this person and we're like oh what happened why is she uh why are the cops messing with her and she goes she was stealing 
stealing. Yeah, and then and then we saw the manager, non-black person. Yeah. And they were like, they had the product that she was stealing, mm-hmm. and it was tampons. Yeah, it was candy and tampons. Are you serious? Nope. And they called the cops. Yeah, they called the cops on a fourteen, like the, a young girl. I, for, I would have guessed her to be like a freshman in high school, for fucking stealing tampons and some candy. Right, tampons. Clearly, she needs those. Right, which instantly I'm like, fucking tax me. Yes, pay, I will love to pay a tampon tax and make I, those free. I Women really, aren't choosing to have periods. They aren't like, exactly. yo, it's not coming soon enough. Squirt, squirt. No, it's <laughs> doing that. I really wish we had gotten there earlier so like we could have seen her stealing and just be like, we'll just buy your shit for you. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah, because they're going to ruin your life, which I'm sure they fucking I'm did. I'm sure they have. Yeah, because what? That was... uh. That was 2018. Yeah. Yeah, we're four years out from that. If she was 14, she's 18 now. I can't imagine things are going well. No. Right? And, like, I know people that people don't want to hear that. No, think positive thoughts. Shut up, stupid. <laughs> Shut up. You're fucking stupid if that's your reaction. And I don't respect you. This is the stuff that Phoenix wants me to stop saying on the show. <laughs> it's not good for branding, is it? I mean... It's not useful. It's, it's um... <laughs> Maybe I just throw a little nuance on it. Like, we are hoping for the best, but realistically, we understand that the odds are not in her favor. Yeah, like, re- yeah, like if your response is not being negative, the thing is, I'm hoping for the best, but realistically, <laughs> I don't think the odds are in her favor. And you're not stupid. And I do respect you. I always have. You can tell by the recent episodes. Play the past year. Oh my I think highly of you. Oh no! All right, that so that's why lighting. That's why you say stealing like that. Yes. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was horrible. All right. Oh. So yeah. Fucking. But speaking of stealing, MSDNC, Al Sharpton, and the Eternal Perm, which again, like, <sighs> always with the. So one of the first things I learned about um, misogyny as a child was that this man that a lot of black people like named James Brown is a woman beater. My biological mother, your grandmother, told me that when I was a child because she didn't hold back on shit. Uh Right? Al Sharpton's hair is permed like that because he wanted to look like James Brown in like the 70s and he has never worn his hair natural since. So keep in mind that the guy that's going to be leading this panel is his show, right? It's a politics nation with Al Sharpton uh-huh. that this is a guy who basically fashions himself after a woman beater. I mean, at least he's not wearing those tacky ass suits like he used to be wearing. Remember when he used to wear those Steve Harvey suits back when he was fat? Oh, yeah. But then but then oh, he yeah. but then he turned into a little crip. That folks look up the picture of when Al Sharpton lost weight and posted it. I swear to fuck, he looked like a little crip with an old man mask. His shit was funny looking. Oh no, he did. He looked like a little gangbanger. That shit was funny because he's like <laughs> eight million years old. He's like older than Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I seen him on the Tupac documentary. Hmm, which one? Um, the one where he dies at the end. <laughs> 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 Maybe Tupac resurrection or something. Yeah, yeah. And Al Sharpton was t- with the, sh- the scene where they show like the political people talking about how rap is. Oh yeah, yeah. He's one of them. Yeah, he shows up in a few of those media appearances, right? But you know who did show up in one of those, and they were on the side of the kids. Fucking Maxine Waters. 
Maxine, who is still in the Senate today, yes. and she showed up in a 1994 documentary about the gangster rap and was on the side of the working class people with that one. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get to the, the segment that Phoenix Kalita set up here. It is true that people are just walking in and walking out with it. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you go to a local pharmacy, Dwayne Reed or, or Rite Aid, any of them, and you've got to get someone to help assist you. I mean, they, they have to. Uh-oh. Let me, uh, I'm going to have to cut our, or actually, no one, no one talk. I have to turn this shit way up. Yeah, their shit is low. It is true that people are just walking in and walking out with it. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you go to a local pharmacy, Dwayne Reed or, or Rite Aid, any of them, and you've got to get someone to help assist you. I mean, they, they have the little button there. Yep. You hit the buzzer, and the guy comes over and unlocks your toothpaste. Yes. I mean, we're talking about basic <laughs> stuff. That's what they said. What did I miss that we now have to lock up toothpaste? Yeah, and well, certain, yeah. I'm just curious, Rev, really quickly. I mean, Eric Adams has said he's going to do his best to fix this. I'm just curious. I mean, he's got a governor who's saying, well, I don't know that we want to give the judges any power to make decisions on whether they've seen the same bad guy in front of them like 12 times in the past week. And then you've got a DA. I know you talked to the DA. The DA's going, oh, we don't want to punish anybody unless it's like really bad. You know, so, yeah, you can steal whatever you want to steal. And, yeah, we won't do any jail time. And then you've got, you know, then you've got a woke uh, city council. I'm just curious, is Eric Adams going to be anything? Well, he's obvious officials who want New York to remain chaotic. Well, I think he's got a challenge there because there is a debate in the criminal justice system. And there are those that are concerned, including me, about overloading the system and the jails with petty crime. But at the same time, you cannot have a culture where people are just at random, just robbing and stealing and is out of control and is put on the front page of newspapers, which only encourages others to do it. Uh, in fairness to Eric, he's only been mayor five weeks but in oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but even as I'm fair to him, Eric, they're locking up my toothpaste. <laughs> I, I'll <laughs> say, come on, baby, come on. I'll say that uh, you know, first, just the hamburger covered near post makes me hungry. Uh, I've been up for a few hours now. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a, points to a larger issue, though. There is a sort of just sense that things just aren't quite right. The city's a little bit out of control. Crime is up in 72 of the 77 NYPD precincts. Um, okay. So apparently in 2022, Al Sharpton and the crew just now found out that the toothpaste and shit like that is locked up in some stores. Like, Which, that's always been a thing because they hate homeless people. It's like, let, there's so many things I want to say because I really think that homeless people shouldn't, well, people in general shouldn't have to pay for like basic hygienic products because... Not everyone can afford it, which is why a 14-year-old girl goes to jail over stealing tampons. Like, people need toothpaste. People need body wash. Yeah, that's all I have to say. See, I should isolate that one and put it on the Tic Tacs. Yes. Yeah, and also, it makes me think, like, so where have you been shopping normally this (laughs) whole time? For, like, the past two and a half decades, where have you been shopping? Somewhere bougie. Somewhere he he makes MSNBC money. Somewhere that we can't afford to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then before then, like radio hosts, right? And radio when it was a six-figure gig. Yep. And I think my biggest uh, commentary about this is um, just noting that this is b- becoming uh, more and more of a trend, right? They already started doing these type of stories on the West Coast, particularly in like LA and San Francisco about property theft. Remember, we co- I think we covered it on here <clears throat> where they were saying that like, uh, was it like Walgreens? or CVS had to close stores because of shoplifting, but then when you actually go back and look, they decided two years before that they were going to close the stores already. That was your show notes, yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But they're like, but the media is spinning it to be like, oh, it's because of shoplifting and it's causing all this revenue and losing jobs and like fucking... I don't know how much people get paid at Walgreens. I assume it's not a lot. Like, if you're really concerned about those jobs, pay the fucking workers a living wage then. But anyways, um, but it really is becoming a thing and it's very concerning to me that especially coming... Um, the era that we're in just coming off all the Black Lives Matter protests and shit like that. We're talking about police brutality. We're talking about criminal justice reform and the media's pushing back by saying shoplifting though, right? (laughs) Mm. Never a fucking segment on civil forfeiture. Never a segment about uh, something like wage theft, right? Not segments about actual violent crimes like rapes, right? Where are we at on that rape kit backlog? Remember when we had that? Where is that at? Has anyone done a follow-up? I have questions. You know, that type of shit. But instead, all I'm hearing about is goofy shit like shoplifting, which signals to me that we're about to see some major increases in uh, tough on crime legislation, uh, funding police, expanding jails and prisons like that is coming down the pipe. I'm telling y'all like it's already horrible, obviously, but it's about to get worse. And they are trying to um, what the fuck is that? What the fuck did Noam Chomsky call that shit? Um. Manufacturing consent. consent. Yes, we are right now manufacturing consent for a crackdown um, on poor people. And then keep in mind, too, that also uh, with the economy going the way it is, COVID happening the way it is, the wages still haven't gone up. There's going to be more and more desperate people, obviously, trying to survive. And this is how the media is responding. So get ready for that uh, increase in the jail population in the next year or two. Um, What is manufactured consent? Uh, Manufactured consent is where you keep trying to convince someone that they want something until they finally agree that they want it basically okay we're like you know it's something that we see a lot with this you know uh criminal justice stories like you'll hear about crime wave crime right uh right now they're doing with police right they're saying that uh there's an increase of police deaths we have to protect police we need legislation to protect police because police keep dying police keep dying the part they're not telling you they're dying from covid COVID oh. was the biggest killer of police last year. Right. Not fucking actual work-related shit. COVID. But all you hear is half of the story, and then you're like, well, maybe the police are in danger, right? Same thing with this. They're shoplifting. They're shoplifting. They're closing down stores. People are losing their jobs because of shoplifters. That's really bad, right? We should do something. But Not the something true. is never more wages. It's never preventative programs. It's right. more jails. More police. So more fines, just, more tickets. Yeah, because that's always, like Uncle Billy says, it's always a thing. Like, I've always seen it locked up in certain areas. Yeah. The hygienic yeah. products locked up. Well, I mean, but that's also a very big thing, though, because how you have to remember that the system we have is designed to keep you in the place you're in without ever um, getting higher up on the social ladder, right? Uh huh. So, obviously, things like food and personal hygiene products are the first things that get locked up because what do you need to survive? Hygiene products and food. Who's going to fucking hire you if you show up smelly? (laughs) Exactly. 
you're not gonna get a job. <laughs> I think I first thought that like um, when I saw uh, uh, the razors locked up. Yeah. And I noticed like it was, and I, I, obviously I wasn't looking at uh, the women's razors, which are different blades and handles than men's razors, but men's razors were locked up. Mm-hmm. And like it didn't really take a lot of seconds or minutes, if you will, to think, oh, this is a customer service economy. And if you show up with your face already shaved to a job interview as a man, a male, you know, a, a, a cis man, cis men that show up with their face already shaved, mm-hmm. you're more likely to get hired. Right. And so, like, this is literally blocking that. Out of here, light-skinned killmonger. Getting the cat out here before they scratch up the futon. Uh, the, um... <clears throat> Yeah, like they're they're blocking them by locking that shit away. Yeah. And I think I was like in my late twenties when I saw that, like right before I started podcasting. Yeah, no, absolutely that. But then also, even if you keep going, so what groups besides, uh, like obviously cis men, right? Because we're talking about shaving. But then who else starts to get fucked up when you think about shit like that? Women who have PCOS. Guess what they get? Facial hair. Hold up, PCOS is. <clears throat> I will find it for you because I don't want to say it wrong. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> um, but right. Fact based. Exactly. I think it's something. Poly- well, yeah, I'll let you. Yeah. Oh, okay. what do you think poly- it is? Um, where like it's something with your hormones and I think like a lower amount of estrogen. So you, you have more testosterone than most women Yeah, do. you have more testosterone and your body's trying to overcompensate. So it produces extra estrogen. Oh, that. Okay. <clears throat> Polycystic ovary syndrome polycystic ovary syndrome yes wait so this is like related i hear cyst in there mm-hmm. is this carcinic car 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 carcinogen no just cyst is in like you get cysts on your ovaries okay like just yeah just like sacs of fluid sacs of fluid sacs of fluid i believe i think there's fluid in them but yeah you get like sacs on your yeah and um <clears throat> and so you so you have the cyst but keep in mind so now if you have that condition you're more likely to have facial hair <laughs> as a woman and then also keep in mind of all women which women are most likely to get pcos or have pcos women of color black women shit (laughs) right and then you know you keep thinking about this so wait who else needs to shave trans women (laughs) right try real fucking hard to pass like yeah so now we're like wait a minute this has gone way beyond just a dude shaving for a job interview and all of a sudden it's like well now right you know and this shit just keeps going and keeps going. And it's, of course, not just shaving, right? It is deodorant. It is toothpaste because, you know, you're not going to get hired if you have the bad hygiene. And then, you know, the more marginalized you are in other ways, the odds are your hygiene is already bad because you can't afford to have good hygiene as is, right? Like, we already know that <clears throat> there's, like, discrimination in hiring practices for, like, trans women and black women, right? So, like, yeah. you may already be poor and now you can't even get shit to get clean to get the job. <laughs> it's, it's a mess. It's bad. Terrible. Yeah. So yeah, food and deodorant and toothpaste, and it's fucking tragic. It's horrible. Man, people are stealing things they need to survive. Oh no. Like, what are we gonna talk about? What are we gonna do to help people that are stealing these things? Or we're gonna they just what is the word? Like demonize them as if people that steal these things like just are stealing because they're kleptomaniac. Oh yeah, that's a big thing. Is they're um very insistent on trying to frame it that the people who are stealing are doing it. Um, because they're bad people or because they're trying to resell something like anything to avoid the fact that a lot of these people are actually just desperate and hungry and just need to eat so you know there it is but of course you know this is a panel full of millionaires so none of them are going to say anything reasonable like maybe we should raise taxes on millionaires and help people 
Like, no, we gotta get these thieves out of the streets. And like, and I don't know the name of the uh, the fifth person, but for this, like you said, they had a five person panel. Yeah. With fucking Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. Well, I think it's Joe's show. I think this was Joe's show. Oh, this was on. Um. Okay, this was on Morning Joe. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so they're supposed to be there, but then they bring in Willie Geist. Yeah. Who I don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be doing there, and Al Sharpton. Who remember this is Morning Joe. Al Sharpton's show is at like fucking nine p.m. Yeah. So just fucking hey, get the old Negro up. Having it's about stealing. Come up here, black man. Bring your James Brown cut. Talk about stealing. <laughs> and then I don't know who this guy with the cowlick haircut is. Yeah, like th- these five people not necessary. No, they're not. And then I was just looking for something for funsies, and I did not successfully uh, make find it. Oh, because yes. I was trying to find um the uh, where Mika Brzezinski asked um Rick's. Oh shit! I think I may have fucked around. It says this page does not exist, motherfucker. Because it's Mika's Mika Brzezinski asking Rick Santorum, "Why aren't you working on white men with guns?" Ugh. It's because I think when I see clips like that, I don't understand why Mika doesn't just have her own damn show. She's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, all I got is a screenshot from it, as it says. Uh, Santorum weighs in on Trump's Muslim ban. <laughs> I swear to fuck, I'm gonna look for it just a little second more because mm-hmm. we have to keep the show going. Yeah. Because I just um, yeah yeah. Oh oh, just because you really wanted that one. Fuck yeah! Just because I and I, I want I want my niece to see it because it's funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Well, I guess while you're looking for that, um, <clears throat> did you do the Chauvin one about the trial judge from the Chauvin case? I did. Okay. I did it successfully too. <clears throat> successfully, you say? Um. Let's see. Oh, do we want to do the um the Vermont mother fucking asshole? The Vermont mother. Uh, Who called right... the cops on her kid? Yes. Right after this. The matter is not all muslims are jihadists and no one including i suspect donald trump would say that but the reality is all jihadists are muslims that's a reality and we have we not have all muslims are jihadable but all jihads are muslims and start defending all americans because we're not right now that was Republican presidential candidate and former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum at last week's early debate, and he joins us now from Washington. Good to have you on the show. Thank you, Mika. So, well, go ahead. Yeah, why don't we start with that first one? I mean, obviously, though, all terrorists aren't. All terrorists aren't Muslims. I mean, um, you, you look at... Look at, look at Mika's face. This shit is hilarious to me. I lo- I don't know. Disgusting. She should have her own show and just let her go off. She is so fucking funny to me. The Planned Parenthood attack, the guy associated himself as a, a Christian who was pro-life. So it's what you said. It's not exactly accurate, is it? Well, I said the word jihadist. I, I didn't say the word terrorist. And, and the answer is yes, all jihadists are, in fact, Muslims. And in fact, the, the reality is that uh, that we have to be very, very careful and, and having, uh, and we were talking about the, the con- Smart guy. You're I telling Muslim Americans. Here in America. No, most are not. Most are not. Well, I mean, care I'll is a good the example of that. They are you. not. Well, why aren't you working on uh, white men with guns? Mm. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Why aren't you working on white men with guns? What are you doing? 
I mean, come on, Rick Santorum. Come on. You know better. You're a smart guy. He doesn't know what's better. World, and and I would say even here in America, no, most are not. Most are not. Well, I mean, parents are the example of that. They are not. Well, why aren't you working on white men with guns? I mean, come on, Rick Santorum. You know better. You're a smart guy. You're telling Muslim Americans they all need to come out and talk about the tiny percentage of of their community that has kind of, quite frankly, wreaked havoc. But yet, you look at the data of white men with guns wreaking havoc on this country. Why aren't white men all coming forward? Why don't you call on them to do that? I actually (laughs) make us funny as shit to me. Yeah. And I get she's on the clock. She's doing her job. She is not actually trying to save the world. But I'd like a world where I get more segments like that. That was definitely funny. Okay. He did not. He's like, I, I, thank you for calling me smart. That's all he said. <laughs> okay, no, and you really, had... Oh, I was like, that really is that thing, though, with like the whole like white supremacist mindset is that so much of it is built on politeness and lies. They, they do not know how to respond. <laughs> yeah. Like when you just ask a direct fucking question. It's like, wait, we're being blunt? We don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, this fucking piece of shit. Stop selling black children to white people, goddammit. All right, speaking as a black person that was sold to white people. Stop yeah. fucking doing it. I want to punch this woman in the face so bad. So bad. You don't even know. All right, that's face punch Kalita. Yes. Well, she fucking deserves it. <clears throat> oh, this is the story? Yeah. Okay. So, in May, Kathy Austrian, Austria's literally in her name. Like, how fucking white can you be? Uh, Kathy Austrian called the police after her then 14-year-old came home with, and also, I'm going to throw in my commentary at the end because I want y'all to hear the way that they're framing this. This is a child that she adopted, but the way that they keep talking, like trying to not talk about the fact that this child is black and the way they keep talking about her son and like they don't mention he's adopted until like almost the end of the article. Even the, um, let me piggyback on you right there, my bad. Mm-hmm. Even the picture, yeah. like, I swear it's, like, strategically <laughs> cropped and shot so that you see her face mm-hmm. over his shoulder hugging him. Yeah. And I have a screen shared for the so, folks uh, viewing. Yeah. And you see her hands. You can't see his hair texture. Yes, you, you can. can see, I, I, I can't see, see it myself. I could see. That was the first tip-off was actually that picture because if you scroll up, Right there. You see it right there on the side of his head. You see that? He's right there. That girl. And I was like, that is not a white child. Uh, And that was uh. how I knew. And like, they keep trying to say that they're not trying to show um, the face, like, because it's a, you know, this is a minor, so it's like for protection, but whatever. I don't think that's I don't think that's why. Why did he have to have a hat on? Yeah. 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 Is he really a Knicks fan? All right, that, I'm being snarky. But, yeah. All but right. yeah, that was actually like, that picture was actually my first fucking tip off that this story was going to be a motherfucker because I saw that little piece of hair and I was like, no. So Kathy Austrian called the police after her then 14-year-old came home with dozens of vapes stolen from a convenience store in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, Austrian wanted her child, who has struggled for years with behavioral and mental issues, to learn right from wrong. But after police came, the situation took a violent turn. Get out of here. I said I was going to wait until the end, but I'm fucking not. All right. So, um, so then her then 14 year old, right? Again, like there's like an implication that this is her child. This isn't a foster care adoption situation, but also, uh, implying he doesn't know right from wrong. Like, is it behavioral issues that he's acting out or does he legitimately not know? Like, this is a weird way to say that he really doesn't know. This person really doesn't know right from wrong. Mm. Come on now. And then also 
after police came, the situation took a violent turn. Like they magically fucking appeared. You called them. You called the guys with guns. And you're like, I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> so Austrian's child was sitting on the edge of the bed and would not respond as officers tried for almost 10 minutes to coax the teen into turning over the vapes, according to camera footage. <clears throat> The officers remained in the doorway uh, as Austrians searched the room and recovered all of the vapes except the one in the child's hands. Uh, NBC News is not identifying the teen. Oh, who is non-binary? That's a good update. Okay, so the child is non-binary and uses pronouns they, them. Um, which also, like, I feel a type of way about that, too, honestly. Whoa, why? Uh. <clears throat> um, because they're... Well, it, uh, it, it's something that she says later in the article. That's so why we'll... you told me a show crap. I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Austrians spent about 15 seconds trying to get the teen to hand over the vape. 15 seconds. Then officers moved in, repeating they would have to arrest and handcuff the teen if it wasn't turned over. A vape pen. They are going to arrest a child over a vape pen. Well, and maybe this will get a five-panel segment on uh, MSNBC, too, because this is apparently just as dramatic as stealing steaks, stealing a vape pen. Right? I want to see Al Sharpton come on and be like, hey, in five days, you can just get the damn vaporizer, and you can vape that shit. You know? And now it's, it's locked. They're locking up my vape pens and my toothpaste. And my toothpaste. Uh, the officers pinned Austrian's child to the bed and tried to pry the vape out of the teen's hand. The teen then lunged at them. Lunged? You lunged? Lunged sounds very aggressive. And just for a recap, two police t uh, held a child down to a bed and started grabbing him and threatening to arrest him and handcuff him. But it's his fault because he then lunged at the two big-ass armed men with guns who were trying to arrest him. Child's fault, clearly. Um, so the officers then uh, forced the teen into a prone position according to body, footage, uh, body camera footage. Um, <clears throat> paramedics arrived about 15 minutes later and put a mesh sleeve called a spit sock over the teen's head. They then injected the teen with ketamine. Isn't that how they killed someone? Didn't they kill, who was that, Elijah? Damn, there's so many, but yes. Yes. Elijah something. Yes, I'm pretty sure they killed him that way with the overdose of ketamine. Yeah, was he the one that everyone was like, oh, he's so he cute. He was so sweet. He was such a good boy. Yeah, he was he like was so... collecting kittens or some shit. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I mean, that. I guess that's nice, whatever. I, I really do hate that shit, though, where they'd be like, but he was so good. Like, that's lovely, but you, even if he wasn't good, you can't just fucking kill people with ketamine. Like, what the fuck? And I have the pig's uh, body camera footage up here, which also, like, why do they, why does this kid have a damn uh, punching bag up there? Right. And an exercise bowl? Okay. Yeah, where's the book? Like, You're trying to get him to learn right from wrong. Where's the bookshelf? Right. Where's the books? Where's right. the toys? Is there, like, a TV? I don't know. Yeah, Anyways. Like a, yeah, just a yoga mat. Just exercise equipment. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, so they gave him ke uh, gave the child ketamine and then carried the limp body out of the house. Austrian, who is 64, 64, and still don't know that you can't just be calling cops on black people? Okay. Uh, si Austrian is upset and says it's just something that you would, <laughs> that you never expect to have happened. Yeah, from this video, if the kid is black, they're super light-skinned. Okay. Uh, it's a problem that has plagued law enforcement, uh, law enforcement for decades, how police respond to people in a mental health crisis, yet police departments have been slow to reform their tactics. Okay. 
Despite our efforts to really improve responses and create alternative crisis responses, I think we're still a bit of a ways from that, says Shannon Scully, a senior manager of criminal justice policy at uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. In Burlington, for example, a key reform was implemented months after the incident involving Austrian's child, the dispatching of social workers to certain calls, but it wouldn't have been used in this case. So what was the point of making a policy if it's still not going to help? What? Oh, God. All right. Um, And then they also point out... Uh, where is it? Uh, this are, now they're talking about um, police doing training, and that's actually the part I'm trying to skip past because they're not going to actually do that shit. They don't give a fuck. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, something I'm thinking while you're looking for the next spot is mm-hmm. like um, the people where it's like, all right, well, if something's happening to you, aren't you going to have to call the police? And it's like, now that I, I've always said... Go fuck yourself. Like, I've never been able to call the police because they're useless and they're dangerous. Mm -hmm. But then also, if shit really is going down, yeah, I have to call the police because they made it illegal for me to just handle it on my own. Exactly. Right? Or else, if I didn't have to worry about the police, I would just walk around strapped and handle that. Right? Motherfucker walking up on me on a bus stop. Nigga, before you get fucking 15 yards near me, I'm just going to let off. Right? Right? Put five in your belly and watch it bleed out. Don't come too close. (laughs) Yeah, but it's illegal to defend yourself against aggressors. It's actually, self-defense is actually really not that legal. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually, like, legally, too, different in court. Like, it's an affirmative defense. You have to prove it. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. um, So they're noting that people in a mental health crisis are 16 times more likely to have fatal interactions with police. Uh, According to the Treatment Advocacy Center, experts say that officers are often unprepared, but their presence alone can make a situation worse because every time an officer is present, it can escalate to a situation that might not have otherwise escalated. Really? Uh, Burlington police, it notes, have had three deadly interactions with individuals who have mental health issues. In 2013, an officer fatally shot Wayne Brunette uh, because he was behaving erratically. Uh, The family was given $270,000 in a lawsuit. In 2016, uh, an officer fatally shot 76-year-old Phil Grennan, who was facing eviction during a mental health crisis. Wow. Really? Uh, Wow. I'm noting that because I I, I noticed something. There's an open drawer. Yeah. On a dresser that's missing one of the drawers. Like, who the fuck? Was this a suitable home to bring a child into? But fucking um, uh, in the drawer is a is a book written by Chuck D of Public Enemy about hip-hop. Okay. Yeah, so there is a book. There is a book. And I can't really complain about this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And in 2019, Douglas Kilburn uh, became irate during uh, a mental health episode, and an officer, uh, he he was trying to get into University of Vermont Medical Center. An officer told Kilburn to leave and cursed at him, Uh, which prompted Kilburn to punch the officer. The officer struck back, punching Kilburn three times. Kilburn, who was in poor health, was found dead a few days later, and his death was ruled a homicide, but the state attorney general declined to file charges. Wait, is the state attorney general an elected position? I thought that was an... Is it an elected or appointed? For for what state is this? Vermont. I think it's appointed to be the state attorney general, right? Let's see. Like you're nominated or you can uh, be voted into like districts, but I don't know. Um, Now, the two officers who were involved with the incident at Austrian's home have never had training, according to records reviewed by NBC News. 
uh, Austrian said she, now this is the part that actually pissed me off about this fucking article. Cause uh-huh. this is where they mentioned he's adopted. I read through all that shit and they didn't say none of that. This is the one. Austrian said she didn't hesitate to call the police on her adoptive child, right? Who has been diagnosed with early, chi- uh, early childhood developmental trauma, ADHD, and an intellectual disability that day in May. Austrian said, it's up to me as an adult to do the right thing. So the right thing is calling the cops on your kids over vape pens. All right. Uh, Burlington police officers were already at the convenience store where the alleged theft took place because workers had called 911 after the child left. Cashiers told the officers that the teen threatened them with a knife and a mallet, uh, but Austrian says it was kitchen shears. One cashier described the teen, who is 5'8 and weighs about 230 pounds, as awkward and scary, according to body, uh, body camera footage. The same two officers then showed up at Austrian's house. <laughs> this isn't the family's first interaction with Burlington police. Austrian had called 911 several times before when her child was at risk of hurting themselves or others. Those incidents were resolved peacefully. So she just calls be calling the cop, cops on this kid all the time, apparently. Like, why'd you fucking adopt? Or are you getting a check for having them in foster care? Uh, Austrian said the teen's ADHD medication had been inc- uh, recently increased and they'd received an MRI for a heart condition uh, and that they had been acting erratic and distant. She also told police the teen didn't have weapons and handed them the bag of, bag of vapes and explained there were more upstairs. Roughly 10 minutes later... Her biracial child was on the floor screaming. Okay, Do you I was see the way they fucking wrote this? Shit. Okay. The way they fucking wrote this. All, again, all this shit and just now they mentioned that he's adopted and biracial and has had the cops call on him multiple times because he has behavioral problems, probably from childhood trauma and abuse. Makes me want to go back and see the beginning of the segment up to this moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then also this picture of them. That also makes me think that, yeah, like I see his hair. Mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. the video was like purple. In my yeah, um, and uh, the Vermont uh, Attorney General is elected. Okay. Uh, Forty-three of the fifty states they elect the Attorney General. Okay, right. So um, when I think that you said the Attorney General <clears throat> said, "Hey, homicide my ass, buddy." Mm-hmm. Police unions donate to Attorney General elections uh-huh. and uh, special proper prosecutors. So uh-huh. the police union gives them money so that they can run their campaign, buy signs, hold office space, pay people to get flyers out and do stump speeches. Okay. Right? They pay. They got to pay for all that stuff with a budget. Uh-huh. And so that's what we talk about with campaign finances and campaign donations. So if the police union donates to the attorney general mm-hmm. who also works in the justice system mm-hmm. some might say that's a conflict of interest might be but in western culture it's not and then that's what keeps happening is these attorney generals that get money from police unions mm-hmm. turn around and say hey they investigated themselves and found that they did no wrong so I don't think they did no wrong Yep. and then when you look at the whole system in general where it's like, I could be like, why isn't MSNBC talking about this? Imagine if all the news stations talked about police realistically. I think I talk about them realistically, but I have a staunch bias against them and everything white already. Yeah. But like, if they just talked about them realistically, talk about the 40%, talk about all the police rape stories, Mm -hmm. holy balls, Mm -hmm. right? Like while Ferguson was going on, and this one, I'll say it straight up. Like, a lot of people will be surprised that I'll say this after a lot of my recent coverage. 
a black cop raped a white woman in a jail cell. Mm -hmm. But all we knew was Michael Brown going on because they won't talk about that shit with police. Right. So what's going to happen if they do talk about that with police? Mm -hmm. Oops, an accident happened. An accident happened. Or they call the police for help and they don't really want to show up. Right? That's like um, uh, the... Uh, we were working at the Boston Market, uh-huh. and um, and the police used to always kind of hang around the building, and that was because the general manager, uh, uh, Rhonda Sweet, uh, who is a public figure, I'm not just saying she was actually on the Hell's Kitchen show. Mm-hmm. She lost. She I think she made like one or two episodes in, uh, yeah. and she fucking lost on like sweet potato casserole or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally a Boston Market product, and um. And she stopped giving them free meals because it's kind of bad for business, right? Because yeah. they, they would just come in like 20 deep and Damn. just rack up free meals every single weeknight. Mm-mm. And after that, like a few months after she stopped giving them free meals, someone did try to rob the store. Their response time was so wicked slow that if we didn't do a stagger to open and walked in and they caught us slipping... They would have plenty of time to rob, kill everybody, and get the fuck away. Their response time was so deliberately slow. Because you know Orlando. You know Colonial Drive. Mm. Cops are up and down that block all day. The Orange County Sheriff and the Orlando PD. Oh, you've seen it your whole life, really. Yeah. And suddenly, they ain't there. I can't even... Like, we dead up waited, like, well over 15 minutes for police response. Wow. Shit was... Bu- and and the robbers were in the parking lot. They could have actually got them and got the caller and hit their fucking quota. Oh, my God. Yeah, because we were look, we were just looking at them niggas. Because uh, when the... Um, remember when the joint across the street was, like, some dog grooming place or something? Uh-huh. That was where we would park to do our staggered open of the restaurant. And we're literally just sitting there for, like, 15... Just, and and um, the, the old school homegirl, Josephine, that would uh, work back there, uh-huh. she was the one that made the original call. When she saw us pull up, she was like, oh, nah, come over here. I think they're trying to pull some shit. Because they're literally sitting there with dark sunglasses on and their hands on the dash waiting for us to slip with gloves on their hands. Dumps, I almost use ableist, like stupid ass motherfucking criminals. And the pigs literally let them go because they were bitter about the Boston market not giving them free food. I believe it. And like, so imagine these people start talking about cops seriously. Oh, whoops. Al Sharpton, somebody in a random truck with no license just drove him off the road. Oops. And I want to point out, too, that, like, what you're saying is actually not hyperbolic at all because literally, what, like, last week, didn't we just fucking cover, who was it, Cori Bush? Cori Bush, Where someone, like, slashed her tires or shot at her car or something. And a cop, a current New York City cop who's also one of, like, the founders or higher-ups of uh, Blue, Blue Lives Matter got on Fox News and said this is what they deserve. Sometimes lawmakers have to be the victims. Remember that shit? Yeah. Like... Cops are terrible. Yeah. And even then, like, stories about the fucking cop stories we've covered. Like, that town in Alaska where every cop on the force has been convicted of domestic violence. Every that, single one. Yes. Or, the, or, uh, or like, you you, wow. we, you, know, you know the Michael Brown story. Yeah. Wait, wait, yeah, the Michael Brown story. Who was the one that killed him? Oh, fuck. Owen right. Wilson. Oh, Owen Wilson is an actor. Right. Owen something? Wilson it, something? It was something, but man. Uh, yeah, Google it up. Who killed Darren Michael w- Brown? Derek? Yeah, Derek Chauvin, his name kind of messed up the name game. <laughs> yeah, that's the only name that's going on in my head. Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson. Yeah, Darren Wilson. He actually 
he got laid off because he was with the police department. And keep in mind, this is a police department before 2014. Yeah. And everything is Black Lives Matter, this, that, and the other. A police department that was so bad that it did get defunded and disbanded. Yeah. And one of the things they did was they beat a black man bad as fuck as they tend to do, but then charged him for getting his blood on their uniforms. Mm-hmm. This is American policing. Yeah. When people say, I have a friend that's a cop, well. Tells me a lot about you. Yeah, and also, I'm, I would say, uh, what, so what are they doing right now? What are they doing? Like, what? what is your friend that's a cop? When you're not hanging out and they're mm-hmm. being your friend in the backyard, what are they doing? Are you watching them at all times? Mm-hmm. You know what the fuck they do? Because I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. where were we going with this? Oh, right. So, uh, just <laughs> finishing up this story. So, okay, so apparently this lady just be calling the cops on this child all the motherfucking time for some fucking reason. Um, and she was upset at watching him screaming on the floor. Oh, right, and of course they're framing of this. They're just now mentioning he's adopted, just now mentioning he's biracial. Um, and she's as upset because she said it was like he was like an animal being pinned down and then says... After all this, now has the audacity to say she believes race was a factor. But you called them. I don't, she says, quote, I don't think they were responding to my child as a child. I think they were responding to my child as a black man. You have got to be shitting me. A biracial black child who's five foot eight, they treated him like a grown black man, you say? Exactly. Oh, wow. Damn. Okay. Didn't see it coming. I don't know if the word is nuanced. Nuance. Where I feel like I I can see in the video he does like have behavioral issues and like you mentioned. So I feel like it's like, what do you do? That's why we really need to deform the police because there should be someone Mm -hmm. else to call. You shouldn't have to call the police. Yeah, you shouldn't. They should have like social workers and counselors and shit. But then even note how they mentioned that they have that now in this town. But for a case like this, they still wouldn't have come because this was theft. He wasn't a danger to himself. I mean, I guess he was acting out because he was stealing per se, but he wasn't like a danger to himself. He didn't have, you know, he wasn't like trying to hurt somebody. He just stole some shit. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, so of course the police are going to be the ones who come because it's a theft and that is a problem in and of itself. Right. While you were reading, I was doing digital work, so I missed some of the commentary, some of the journalism you were going over. Yeah. But um, did anything mention how long she's had him in her custody? I haven't seen anything that says that. It just says years. Yeah, because, like, after years, even after, like, one year, it starts to become the result of your parenting. Mm-hmm. Right? Although they like, did mention in here that she's a single mom, hmm. which is an interesting tidbit. Like, I don't, because I don't know if that means, like, she's overwhelmed because she doesn't have a support system. I don't know if that's what they were trying to imply. I don't know, but, yeah. And then, and like, then, oh, oh, go ahead. Also, did they mention, did she know um, about his, like, mental health issues before? She had to have. Like, they, trust so, me, they evaluate the she, fuck out of kids before they sell them off. Like, you better like, be ready because that's not easy to deal with. It's not, honestly. Um, and so then also they note in here that the teen has now been charged with retail theft, assault of a protected professional, and assault with bodily fluids because he spit on a cop. Assault with bodily fluids. And the best part, how much do you think this these vape pens he stole? What do you think the, the total worth was? He stole like 15 vape pens, I think. Vape pens? Probably like mm, under $200. Was more than that. Oh, 500 A little bit more. 
700 800 800 <laughs> but less than a thousand dollars he just got like basically he's getting charged possibly with a felony because she called the cops on him because he stole eight hundred dollars of vape pens like also where the fuck because i've been in these shops the vape <laughs> pens are locked behind glass uh, well, yeah. the uh, person behind the counter said that he threatened them. I don't know. Or they? They threatened him, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, she's raising Wait. him to think he's like a white man with white privilege. Who's behind the counter? Carol and Bryant? Uh, they didn't say. Lindsay Ellis? Maybe. Um, but And then... Uh, Police Chief John Murad referred the case to the Burlington Community Justice Center, which provides an alternate path to resolving charges without going through the court system. But after reviewing the incident, he concluded that it was an appropriate use of force. So tell me how this is supposed to get better. The police chief said this is fine. This is fine. Tell me how it's supposed to get better. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and um, the last thing I think I'm going to mention in here, because this is like a long-ass article, Yeah, um, is this was something that caught my attention. They noted in here that the decentralization of law enforcement in the United States makes it difficult to quantify the number of officers who've been trained to interact with people who have mental illnesses. So we don't even know. Like, there's not even a tally of how many cops have done this training. Like, and I don't think the training is going to be particularly helpful, but the fact that, like, we don't even know if cops have taken it. Like, there's no there's no the, record of it. Why are they the ones that they tell, like, those parents to call the cops if the cops aren't even training for it? Like, Honestly. Um, they don't care. They don't they really, really care don't about care. us. Yeah, it's just, and it's just more about this white woman whining about how it was such a nightmare and so traumatizing for some shit that you brought on because you fucking called them. Okay, maybe he's trying, like... She's worried about herself. He literally had to go through it. She's she's whining. This outcome of this incident has placed an even larger divide in my child's lack of trust in law enforcement. Then why the fuck did you call them? The cops, if you know he doesn't trust them, because he's a black man. He's what five eight, two hundred pounds, and you keep calling the cops on him. Yes. Like, come on now. And then arguing, like, but he's a baby or he's non-binary. Why are they treating him like a black man? Are you fucking kidding me? Why are they? I don't know. Tell me why you think they're treating him like a black man. Tell me. Oh, maybe because he's black. Like, God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just wild. Yeah, she's just getting a white woman welfare check. Foster a child, get a check. She's getting a white. And I think she's getting a Joe Biden tax credit check, too. And if you look at the room that she had that child posted up and she ain't spending no money on that fucking child. Yeah, the fucking bed was on the floor. The There's no carpet. There was hardwood floors, but there's like no rugs, no carpet. There's like no toys, like no games, no like posters. Room. And it's winter. There's... Vermont is up north like here. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and there, yeah, there was no personality in that room. It was just that one book in a drawer. Yeah, yeah like boxing no, thing. Yeah, but like no, like like posters and games and what the fuck ever. There were, well, there were there were um, burned CDs and open jewel cases on the floor. I noticed that in the shot because okay. I, I kept rewinding it while you were talking, just yeah. looking at the police body camera footage. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's let's run it back. Let's go back to education. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, Keep in mind, majority of people in the education system are white women. So when you're talking about the school-to-prison pipeline, yes. it is Alice Siebold at the helm. Feeds Cleeter now understands that this is why I listen to a certain content creator that calms me. <laughs> All right? Because I stay pissed off. 
All right, a uh, little quiet time for us, loud time for them. Up four. Again, we're back in October, then we'll jump to three days ago. Yep. Growing over the Riverside teacher captured on video dancing with a fake Native American headdress. <laughs> the video going viral on social media. The math teacher involved was placed on leave pending an investigation. Today, protesters gathered outside the school district office calling for changes in policies and curriculum and for the teacher to be fired. Eyewitness News reporter Leticia Waters joins us live from Riverside with the victims gathered outside. Just going to rewind that real quick so we can see. On- Let, let's watch her do her dance once again. Because this is, again, thi- fuck it, play it. The video going viral. On- oh, damn, for the people listening in podcast audio, this is a white woman in what appears to be a, is that a blouse? Yeah. That's a blouse. Yeah. Okay, she's in a black blouse and some sort of pink striped squared and black and white stretch pants. Something like that. Oh, those stretch pants. Yeah. Business think- friendly stretch pants. I wouldn't call them business friendly, honestly. They're not business friendly. Folks, look, if you're listening to the podcast audio, go fucking watch the video of this one. This is ridiculous. All right, here we go. She's really doing this shit. Headdress. The video going viral on social media. The math teacher involved was placed on leave pending an investigation. Today, protesters gathered outside the school district office calling for changes in policies and curriculum and for the teacher to be fired. Eyewitness News reporter Leticia Waters joins us live from Riverside with the very latest on this. Leticia? Well, good afternoon to you, Jorna, Jor, John North. Leticia, mm-hmm. she don't like that Leticia shit. Don't call me no fucking Leticia. I'm trying to be white. The fuck's Leticia. wrong with you? High school just getting out right now for a second time in a, in a since last week. Organizers were out protesting that video that went viral, demanding that the yeah, she she has um she has those Jefferson Beauregard Sessions ears, <laughs> kind of that Keebler elf ears district take measures not only to terminate that teacher but also to include more native american studies for students outside riverside unified school district offices protesters gathered to call for the termination of teacher candace reed after a video of her performing a mock native american dance wearing a fake headdress in her math class surfaced Organizers say they are following up on demands they sent to John North High School where Reed teaches. Reed was placed on administrative leave after the video of her teaching students the trigonometry mnemonic Sokatoa went viral. We asked for a response. Folks, I swear to fuck, I understand you folks that li- I, I see the numbers, you people that listen to the audio. You have got to see this fucking <laughs> video of her dancing around this goddamn classroom. This is some of the... I've seen some weird shit in my day and in podcasting. That is out there. <laughs> what the fuck is, is that? We, we, yeah, I guess we've covered some stuff. I saw... When I was a child, I saw adults do shit like that. You know what? You did not... I, Folks, I had Washington State privilege out the wazoo when it came to my teachers. <laughs> I had nothing but Mr. Schuessler's. <laughs> within a week to let us know our, what the result of our demands for termination and the, an apology to the family and to the child who filmed this. Uh, the individual that was uh, speaking right there that you just heard, they have on a uh, baseball cap 
uh, with a picture of the American bald eagle, and it reads Native Pride. And she has on some earrings that a Phoenix Cleeter Kings. What 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 are those? Uh, they are beadwork earrings. So a typical indigenous uh, jewelry. All uh, right. Handcrafted, most likely. Yeah, that that that's who's spitting right there. And yeah, them nostrils, them ain't European nostrils. Yeah. And to the child who filmed this. An apology they say they are owed for Reed's insensitive and racist depiction of their culture. She took it way too- Wait, hold up. I need to rewind because there's somebody in the shot holding a sign with CRT on it and their mask is on their chin. I want to see if I can't see more of that sign. It says, oh, he's calling for CRT. His sign says CRT now, history. Okay. Culture. She took it way too far. And, you know, she had to be under some rock not to know how offensive that is. Nearly two Thank dozen. Thank you. <laughs> but she did know. That's the thing. She wasn't under a rock. She did know. It's just that I think with white people, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a game of roulette with public racist behavior. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, am I going to be the one to lose my job? I don't know. Hop on the roulette wheel, the racist roulette wheel. Everybody hops mm. on it. It's uh, what was that shit that we used to get on that was utterly horrible as children? Oh, the the the, 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 the lazy Susan, but oh, for human God. beings. Yes, yes. What the hell is that called? I carousel. I don't think so, because the carousel like has the horses, right? Although it does go around in a I circle, it, so I, maybe that was. I think that was the language we used in Pierce know. County. Yeah, that shit. I I think older heads. Was that around in your childhood? The one where you have to get on and it's spinning in a circle? Yeah. Yeah, it was around. Made me, like, nauseous all the time. What the fuck? I can't believe the boomers let that one ride. Okay. Because they, they did do a good job at to nicening up our play toys on the West Coast. We had West Coast. Oh. We had that tire. I told you about that tire shit we had. You grew up in the Midwest. You grew up in the South. Y'all have no idea what it's like to have some adults around that care about you. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Supporters gathered in the parking lot to demand the school district include diversity training and Native American history for both teachers and students in the classroom. 13-year-old Landon Iglesias belongs to three local tribes. He and his mother came to show their support. I watched the video and kind of hurt my feelings and it was like, wow, you know, like, I was like, it actually happened. I wish people would help teenagers with TV appearances. Mm -hmm. Like one simple thing, like you have a smartphone now, here we go. We're going to do this segment. Why don't you take 10 minutes and type up a note of what you want to say so that you, and just straight up, it's okay to just read off the note. Yeah. You know, so that you can get like a better sound bite and that Mm -hmm. you'll be happy with your sound bite when you click on it and you see it on our website later. Yeah. Like, come on, like help, help these fucking kids out, yo. Some of the adults do really. Yeah, yeah, see, e- equity, equity. Phoenix Khalid is a, she's a good lefty. <laughs> wow, you know, like, I was like, oh, it actually happened. He takes his culture very serious, and... Oh, she's trying not to cry. I'm glad he wasn't in that class. He would have been so offended and hurt. I was hurt for him and, and for his people. Last week, you know that's the cold shit. That's somebody. She said, "I was offended. I was hurt." Right? Like me? Like 
I'm not offended and I'm not hurt. I don't mm-hmm. think it's because I'm so damn callous, but it's because I wake up in the morning expecting this shit. Mm-hmm. But like the the folks, what the the right wingers, the men's rights act, they're gonna they everybody's all offended by everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, there are people, and maybe you should actually listen to the person who actually is offended. Yeah. Yeah, because you're fucking grimy. Well, I mean, yeah, but they don't care because the goal is to offend people. Like, they're excited about this because, like, we upset them and she's crying. Like, this is a win. Yeah. You know? And what do you do with people like that? Do you debate them? Do you continue to have a civil society with them? Do we have a civil society? No, we don't because they're here. Riverside Unified School District did release a statement calling Reed's behavior offensive and saying it did not reflect the district's values. But the school district isn't the only one the group is hoping to hear from. She has yet to issue a public apology. She needs to... What the... They just cut to the teacher again. I gotta see... I want to find that video without news coverage around it. I want to see the full video. That is ridiculous. Apologize to all of her victims. Now, a bill that was signed into law will require high school students to take a semester of ethnic star- studies, starting with the class of 20. 20- now, you see how her last name is Juarez. Mm-hmm. She white. All right. Don't let nobody tell you like, oh, no, that's like some new ethnicity. No, the fuck it ain't. That is a European person. She looks just like Crystal Ball. Yeah. 2030, but organizers say something more needs to be done now. Reporting here in Riverside, Leticia Juarez, ABC7 Eyewitness News. All right, so that was from October. Right. There's an update. Apparently it happened again at SoFi Stadium. A fan attending a Rams game says he was sucker punched in the stands two weeks before the 49ers fan was left in a coma after a violent altercation. Okay, and and it just auto-played, and I just wanted to hear what that auto-play was. And, oh. and also an article by Leticia Juarez. Leticia. Leticia Juarez. That's how I say it. All right, so the school board for uh, Riverside Uniford Schools, mm-hmm. uh, they have an update oh, from good. February 3rd. Uh, we are back from closed session, and I'd like to report that we did take action on one item. The board took action in closed session to approve charges for dismissal against the following certificated employee. Employee number 156485 with the following members voting yes. Lee, it's important for the record, for the following members voted yes. Lee. He's like, I'm on the clock, buddy. No clapping. This isn't, this isn't a comedy show. Members voted yes. Lee, Farouk, Alavi, and Hunt. And with the following member Voting no, Kinnear. Hey, say their name louder. Who voted no? Wait, keep playing it. It'll show up in the subtitles. Okay. So with that, that's the only action that we took uh, during closed session. So we will begin. Uh, we are back from closed session. And oh, I'd like to shit. Report that Did we it cut voting before no, the... God damn it. Alavi and Hunt. And with the following member, voting no, Kinnear. So with that, that's the only action that we took. Yeah, why does it not show Lee, up? Brooke, they voted yes. Uh, yeah. During closed session. So we'll... Damn, because it's, it's it's a cutoff. Alo oh, uh, v and Hunt, and with the following member voting no. And then that's right where it cuts God, off. 45 on, seconds. Ah, ha, ha. Get that nigga on camera. I want, it, it should be like the Supreme Court where you have to issue your dissent. 
but it needs to be verbal and on video. No more of this written dissent shit. Stand up and say it like Kevin Hart's uncle is cheering you on. What the fuck is her last name? Reed. Oh, uh, what was uh, Reed? Candace Reed. Okay. All right. And while you're doing that, uh, something that Phoenix Kalita brought to my attention. Try to get this in the best chronological order I possibly can. What did I do? Uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff happening with the Pitt man. Who came back to their homes in the flood ravaged Lower Ninth Ward say they thought they were buying their dream homes for affordable prices, but now they say the problems just don't stop and they want the Make It Right Foundation to really make it right. So Brad Pitt uh, made homes for folks post Katrina? Yes. Yeah. Kinnear. It was Kinnear, was that last name. Ah, how's that spelled? K I N N E A R. No picture of him? No. Nah. I can't even get a first name. All I'm seeing is the last name. Shit. All right. So, yes, Brad and Phoenix Leader brought this to my attention. Let me know if you want any pause points in this. Okay. Or if you want to bring up your own articles. Because okay. I set this up. I was like, I set this up in a way of like, I don't think Phoenix Leader is going to make it to the show <laughs> today. So, I, I, I set this up a little different. As you drive across the Industrial Canal, the homes in the Lower Ninth Ward stand out. Dozens built just feet from where the Industrial Canal levee broke in August of 2005, flooding the area. The homes built by Make It Right, an idea hatched by actor Brad Pitt back in 2007. His dream? To allow people to come back to this community. Remember this, this is a house about dignity. Thank you. The homes were sold as being cutting edge from a design standpoint. Some could even float. Others had escape hatches, all billed as state of the art. What we're really talking about here is a, is, is a building of respect. Respect for the individual, respect for the family who's going to inhabit it, and respect for the environment around it. But 10 years later, the conditions of some of the homes, anything but ideal. Mary Peacott and her husband, Mike, had a wooden deck on their home. They say within just a few years of buying it, the deck was full of mildew and mold. And she had just started getting black. And I, I said, Michael, why do you think this black lady? And he said, Mary, I don't know. Ooh, that's a southern accent for you. That is where Boosie's accent comes from. Michael if, and Mary, I can't. He said, I don't know. Man, that's country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing that wood was not weather-treated. Oh, Blog Talk Radio. I, I, I see you want me to stop broadcasting. <laughs> Let me go ahead and just get away from you then. Goodbye, Blog Talk. <laughs> yeah. So then they told us that it was bad wood, so that's what happened with that. Make it right, replace the wood. Across the street, another make it right home boarded up. The Peacocks say it had the same issue, mildewed wood. One down the street had to have a roof replaced and another is being redone. The issue there, design concerns. I personally was under the impression that I wouldn't have a problem with anything for 30 years. Are there issues with the Make It Right Homes? Yes, there are issues with the Make It Right Homes. There's one right there. Constance Fowler lives in a Make It Right Home. She's become a neighborhood activist on problem issues. 
Yo. But also, why the fuck are all these houses so ugly? What is the obsession with when you give shit to like poor people that it can't be nice? Right. These houses are fucking like not just because they're fucked up and like poorly constructed, but like physically, the colors, the shapes, they're fucking hideous. Wait a second. See, that's what you're saying. Like you're saying that they're, that because they gave it to poor people that, but mm-hmm. but this is what the white man said in the beginning. It's a building of respect. It's a building of respect. White people lie. You know that. Mm-hmm. See, always remember what a white person says because they're going to go back on their word. Always remember. And preferably right? receipts. <laughs> it's stripped to the studs for all that repair work. That's not very... Oh, what up? Are they in California or... Louisiana. Oh. Yeah, yeah. this is after uh, Katrina. Oh. Yep. Yeah, okay. this is this, this was supposed to be for them. This is what this is how Brad Pitt helped the the downtrodden negroes mm. after Katrina. Very sustainable. Make it right says the roof on this home had to be replaced. It was flat and needed to be slanted to stop leaking. But 2 years later the home is uninhabitable. You see I've seen I understand buildings have flat roofs. Mhm. You see a lot of houses with flat roofs. No. Why the fuck would you even do that? <laughs> yeah. So this is just a place for him to exercise bad ideas and see what would happen. Like, as per casual, we get used for experimentation. Mm-hmm. Make it right declined an on-camera interview and also declined to speak about specific cases. But in a written statement, the group said, our homeowner's well-being and privacy are some of our top priorities and we work closely with them to address their concerns. Each situation is different and we are currently coordinating the necessary follow-up with the appropriate parties to address any areas of concern. So we have a lot of families that have houses that have to have remediation and Make It Right is actually going through the steps. Dude, Cuz looks too much like Danny Glover. I was thinking that. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> fixing those problems with those houses. So is this something they need to fix too right here? Oh, yeah. What Long the fuck is he wearing? Robert Green is the... Fucking rest in peace t-shirts. It's Louisiana. <sighs> you know it's all about putting the face on a t-shirt. That's part of that culture down there. Neighborhood Association president. He lives in a make-it-right home and has also followed the problems closely. So you wound up with a wood that cannot stand up to the weather. So you have to make the changes for it, and that's what they're doing. But residents just want answers on the long-term future of the area. And I thought everything was great until things started happening. And this story does... This nigga is wearing red pants. Don't tell me shit about Obama's fucking tan suit. This newscaster is wearing bright red-ass Ronald McDonald motherfucking... Is he not supposed to be... Was it not supposed to be a full body shot? (laughs) Like, that looks It doesn't even look... Because he's wearing the suit jacket, though. It doesn't right? even match like, the suit jacket. At least if he had a red tie, I'd be like, maybe it was on purpose, but... it really No, it really looks like he thought he was going to be sitting down the whole day and got put on this spontaneously and didn't have time to change. And it looks like he has on a wrist brace, too. Like, was it he does. helping Tariq Nasheed move DVDs? <laughs> the fuck is happening? Oh, this is not no. part of the story, folks. This is just the wine cellar people being rude and mean. All right, Travers. Travers, that's, that's his, his name. name. Travers <laughs> Mackle. <laughs> Man. This is the worst backstreet boy ever. Travers? Why not Travis? Trevor. They wanted Travers. Travers. 
Here we have much more in our mobile apps oh, and no. right now at WDSU.com. And he has a Twitter. Should we tweet at him like, yo, why was you wearing them wild ass pants? I want to. <laughs> Nigga, it was not Easter Perfect Sunday. Trying. You did not have to have those pants on. Stop and why didn't they match your jacket? McTraverman. And so uh, it continues uh, to update the, uh, the the Brad Pitt deal. Mm-hmm. Skippy flip bop ba dibble do. Yes. There are still issues with Brad Pitt's Make It Right Homes in the Lower Ninth Ward. After Katrina Pitt and then-wife actress Angelina Jolie started a nonprofit aimed at rebuilding the area. But this week, a house built by the foundation less than a decade ago was torn down after it was plagued with problems. And tonight, as Paul Dudley reports, a local attorney representing some homeowners says the foundation's legal team is purposefully delaying any hope for justice. Oh, man, I'm so happy this house is gone. Just like that, another Brad Pitt make it right home is gone. Torn down after the city of New Orleans ordered its demolition. This is the second demolition of a new construction home. This home just turned nine years. The house in the lower ninth ward was built by the make it right. Jesus. Like, what is that card? What? Yo. Jesus. Yeah, I kind of want to say what you said. What is that cardboard? Damn. Them niggas made them houses with plywood. Nigga, I've seen dog houses built better than that. 2011. Neighbors say there were first problems with mold and water intrusion, and that eventually Make It Right what bought the it from oh the owner. The but then they did houses. nothing. So Make It Right has owned it. It literally looks years, like someone is breaking a safe. box. It literally looks like the three little pigs, like. <laughs> yeah, <a little> <laughs> right. No. Makes me want to play Green Jelly to close the show. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, have I played you Green Jelly? I don't think. Oh yeah, it's 1992, buddy. You gotta get with the real. All right. Here. With the lawn mowed every two weeks and paint put on it, hiding. Okay, I'm wondering if this is the same woman from the previous video. I'm pretty sure it is. But in the previous one, her hair was green and in this one is purple. Yeah. So she's just doing her thing. (laughs) The problems. The property sat, rotted, and eventually became an eyesore. Everything from rodents to, to, to people going in and out of the house. You know, a lot of burglaries, lot, lots of burglaries going on. It isn't the only problem for the foundation. Yeah, I imagine there would be. You can just walk right the fuck in there. House. Like, you just kick their door down <laughs> and get what you need to get. Yeah, just kind of okay. just, just huff, puff, and blow the house in, you know? <laughs> and I just also, like, want to note, too, like, as we're watching these, they keep talking about these, like, houses being unlivable. They're getting torn down. Have they mentioned yet where all these fucking people went? Because someone was in those houses before they got turned down. Where are those people? Oof. That's like, can we maybe question. talk about that part? It's worth asking. <laughs> and that built and sold the homes in the aftermath of Katrina. Over the years, neighbors have reported issues ranging from rotting wood to water leaks to foundation issues. In 2018, attorney Ron Austin filed a lawsuit against Make It Right. Austin says the foundation's legal team has been defending, denying, and delaying the process. Billy is not a face man to the people of the community. Those people literally took their last dimes to buy those homes. Every time it rains, he says. This neighbor says he has no plans to sue anybody, but his Make It Right house leaks when it rains, and he'd like some help. I've reported uh, it several times. This they is Louisiana, you say? Yep. New Orleans? Yep. The place that gets, like, hurricanes all the time? The Gulf. 
see. And his house just leaks when it rains. Yeah, kind of by default. <sighs> this is why people hate 501c3s. Yeah, like it's not really a house, it's more of a fight club. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to get to you. I haven't heard from him. It's been the third year. We too also tried to call the Make It Right Foundation, mm. but were unsuccessful. Paul Dudley, Eyewitness News. They just the literally look accuses- like, I don't know, they look nice, but they're not real houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like fucking, um, like, souped up trailer homes. Yeah. So messed up. Yep, and, um, and yeah, I just had that. I think I also had this Guardian article, but I wanted mm-hmm. to play those video clips because I, I, I like I like using the video clips. He's yeah. a performance, and then they're the same ones that, like, didn't they adopt kids from Africa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're just, they're just not racist. That's the... They're not racist, right. Which also, like, apparently Brad Pitt is an asshole. I didn't know that until recently. So. Really? They always make him seem like he's so humble and... Yeah, he always, yeah, he always has that, uh... Like, it always seems like he's like a nice guy, but apparently he's an asshole because I guess it came out that uh, while he was married to Angelina Jolie, she was um, one of Weinstein's victims or attempted victims. Mm-hmm. And then Brad Pitt, knowing that, still went on to work with Weinstein while they were still married, which is a little fucking weird. But, um. Oh, I'm not. It's not, not weird. Ugh, it's, it's Western culture. Gross. But yeah, I think this is also like a conversation about nonprofits and 501c3s. And I hate this whole like celebrity activism shit. Like let the actual activists do it. Just give them the money. <laughs> like, we do right. not need celebrities involved. Or actually we- think it through. Like I feel like you should have did like an apartment or uh, a hotel that's like a temporary hotel for people to stay in and let it be free. Like, nope, can't do that. Just want to. But you know, yeah, and that really is like a problem with the 501c3 issue, though, is that like some organizations, right? Because it's Brad Pitt's charity. I'm sure it gets tons of money. But what are they putting out? This is the same shit that the Red Cross did in Haiti after that earthquake, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Red Cross got millions of dollars and they built what, like ten houses, but like for the whole fucking island after it got devastated. And it really does, like, create this sort of culture where people think that they're an activist because they're involved with these organizations. Even though these organizations don't actually do anything, they're not producing what they're supposed to produce. They're not providing the services and serving the communities that they're supposed to be serving. But because he's rich and it's a 501c3, people fall in line. And it's also, like, really frustrating, too, um, from a perspective of someone like a Brad Pitt, because that shit's all tax deductible for him, for that, like, all that money in the 501c3. So he's like still not even giving up his own money because it's a tax write-off. But like you could just give people money. You could give people real houses. You could ask the people what they want instead of just showing up, which is like this white saviorism thing that happens a lot with charities is like people just show up and be like, you look downtrodden. I'm going to help you. Here's what I'm giving you without talking to you to be like, is this, will this actually help you? Will this actually make your life better? Is this what you need? And now here the fuck we are again. Anyway, Brad Pitt is an actor and a business investor. He's not a developer. Right. He doesn't understand architecture. Right. He doesn't understand the foundation of a house. He right. doesn't understand uh, uh, what what builders have to do. What are the mm-hmm. mo- the highest quality materials? Right. Right. As an actor and an investor, he knows how to get on camera and make a funny face. And as an investor, he knows that if I pay this much into it, I will get more back. And that is addition. Yes. He knows addition. Right. They're making things look good because even the house is like they look good, but they're not even livable. Right. And even when you say making them look good, 
Brad Pitt's not an architect. Someone else did that. Oh, so, yeah. So all he really knows, so I can't even say he knows what looks good. It's his opinion if he's the one making the final decision. He's just like, I like that one. I want the downtrodden Negroes to live in that because I think it's pretty. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were, they did look like miniature versions of houses on the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, yeah they did. I was did. like, is this Hollywood? Like, is this California? Yeah. yeah. So he basically went down to that area and said, I want to make a cute little black neighborhood that looks like my big, rich, white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I, yeah. I just, like, I they'll be so shit. grateful for this. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh. right. It's like that shit like Ashton, Ashton Kutcher be doing too. Like, he's has a charity that uh, rescues people from sex trafficking. Oh, that I remember he was that motherfucker. And uh, like, thank goodness I was getting some um, some ideological praxis to sex workers rights right before that happened. Or I could have fell for that shit, too, because mm-hmm. I think he had the, the T-shirt on or whatever said real, real men, men don't, don't buy, buy women. Girls. Yeah, I thought it was don't buy girls. Oh, I thought it was women. Well, yeah, I there's yeah. Because they always, they, they play that aspect right. to it. It's an emo thing. The average age of entry is 11. Yeah, if I remember right, I could be uh, incorrectly. Yeah. All right, folks, I fucked up. What? I fucked up. What okay. did you do? Uh, well, I was more obsessed with trying to set up this new smart device than setting up the show structure so that we don't go over an hour. <laughs> so this episode is two hours. We could have just did two episodes. Now I, right, which is better uploads, more clicks yeah. as far as business goes behind things. Mm-hmm. So I do not have a new smartphone to set up tonight after work. But also, no, today's Wednesday. We have to go to the other facility. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so maybe next week. This week, unfettered wine cellar. <laughs> Next week, hopefully controlled wine cellar. Yes. All right. Let's get the heck darn yes, up out of here. Because I have funny stories to do next time. So Funny stories? I put two funny ones. Well, we'll make them funny. Oh. I put two Florida stories in the show notes thread. All right. And some folks looking at the camera, this is my attempted um, bump cap of Festo uh, <laughs> coming together. I have the A cab on there. All cops are bastards, including your bastard uh, relative and Daria of course and I was thinking about putting the Bernie Sanders that Phoenix Kalita brought on the side but I haven't asked you yet oh you could have the Bernie Sanders okay cause you got cause that was like your, you you, do, you donated to a political campaign to I get that did. sticker I did yeah so I didn't want to just like take it here it goes on my bump cap that <laughs> might get rained on and destroyed <laughs> alright let's get the fuck on man uh, done let's go ahead and turn off all the fucking streams twitch get the fuck out of here what if you cross them though cross the streams cross the streams in the afterlife i'll do that oh uh, youtube (laughs) i'm done with you facebook get out of here but shout out to uh to tommy uh carbo uh up in the joint uh tommy carbo left three comments on the facebook live uh the final one being once again the celebrity activist clown car uh, yep. uh, has rode into town here in Minneapolis. All right, thank oh, you for being Jesus. the person tuned in live. Yeah, uh, wow. we'll be back around, but we don't have a tight schedule. And Facebook Live, we're out of there. Oh shit, damn. Okay, and podcast audio, you also gotta go.